What's happening, weirdos? It is overdue. The return of the incredible Josh Radner. I was, uh, we talk about this in the episode, but I just visited uh, my favorite Franciscan and one of my favorite people and teachers in the world, Richard Rohr, in New Mexico. And while I was there, I uh, he asked about some, some shows I had been on or whatever, and I said, I don't want you in your hermitage watching me on TV instead of writing or being contemplative or whatever beautiful thing you're going to do. And he said, that's exactly what Josh Radner said to me. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot. I forgot that Josh Radner loves Ramdas, loves comedy, loves creativity, and loves Richard Rohr. So we were overdue. I, I got in touch immediately. He came on by. We're, we're, I found out we're neighbors, so it was so easy to get back in touch. And I'm so glad we did. I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation. It is wonderful. If you like this podcast, as always, it means so much. If you want to try one of our Pete's Picks, I don't do ads for things that I don't actually love and actually enjoy. So if you like the show, always a free show. It means a lot if you want to support us in that way. Like trying Everlane. Everlane is incredible. I have the best, my favorite new articles of clothing, which is a, a blue denim jean jacket, a black denim te- jean jacket. That's right. I finally found the perfect fitting denim de- jean jacket that I had to go back to Everlane using the weird promo code to get the discount from my own show. I went back and bought the same jacket again. That's how much I love it. Perfect sweatpants. I like to sleep in sweatpants and a perfect sweatshirt. It's Los Angeles at night. It's still sweatshirt level uh, weather because it is the desert. I love Everlane. They are incredible. They have some of the best clothes I've ever worn in my life, and I'm so excited to be working with them. And Everlane is asking, what are some small warm weather pleasures you appreciate so much now that it's summertime, now that it's hot? Maybe it's a nice cup of iced coffee. Maybe it's a big scoop of vanilla ice cream. Maybe it's just wearing that classic white t-shirt. They know some of the greatest pleasures in life are also the simplest. And that's why Everlane makes premium quality essentials that complement every wardrobe at a more transparent, affordable price. I love everything they make. They have quality clothing with ethical, it's so cool, ethical factories and radically transparent pricing since 2010. They do extensive research and vetting to use ethical factories that provide fair wages and reasonable hours to the skilled people who craft their clothing. They have timeless design and the finest sustainable materials so you can wear them for years to come. Most retailers hide their markups. Of course, we all know this, but Everlane believes their customers have a right to know how much their clothes cost to make. In fact, they share exactly how much their products cost to produce at each stage. So this is unheard of, unparalleled transparency when it comes to the ethics of the production and the ethics and the transparency of the cost, which I I love. Not only that, they have all the right things you need to upgrade your uh, summer uniform, whether you're going out in the town with friends or having a movie night with the fam, from workout to takeout, swimwear to trackwear, styles from lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late night spot. Their breathable organic trackwear gives an elevated take on tried and true basics. And get into the summertime with Everlane's sustainable swimwear collection made from, get this, 13,768 pounds of recycled plastic. And as I mentioned, 
They have the best denim jackets. I've been looking for years. I literally just gave away my old denim jackets. I gave three denim jackets away because as soon as I found the perfect fit and the perfect style at Everlane, I'm I'm actually going to go buy another one because when I find the perfect jacket, I tend to, to hoard it a little bit because I know how hard they are to find. So go check it out. It's a great way to support the show. They have a 30-day uh, return policy, 30 days from the ship, ta- ship date, and all uniform clothing comes with a 365-day guarantee. So go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up. Our other Pete's pick is right here on my desk. It's my Alpha Brain. You guys know I love and swear by Alpha Brain. It's a new atropic that it, that sounds like a new atropic. It's a new atropic that helps support memory and focus for daily cognitive support. It has been my earth-grown secret weapon for many, many years. I have not done a podcast. I haven't done stand-up. I haven't written a script. I haven't read a book. I haven't had a great conversation like the ones you hear on this show without taking two or three Alpha Brain 15 minutes before. I just pitched a movie and I thought it was so fun that the executive at Netflix knew the podcast and he asked me, did you take your Alpha Brain before this pitch? And I said, you bet your bip. I took three, maybe four Alpha Brain before that pitch and it went great. Alpha Brain is an incredible, incredible secret weapon for mental clarity. I wish I knew about it in school. I'm so glad I know about it now. Like I said, it's earth-grown ingredients. It's not a stimulant. It's not like caffeine. It doesn't get you all jacked. It just gives your brain the nutrition that it needs to function at its optimal level. And I really, really swear by it. I've turned so many comedians and writers and friends onto it. And if you are doing anything in your life that involves focus, concentration, creativity, this is essential. Such a huge difference. Why not find out if it works as well for you as it does for me and show your support of the show at the same time. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird and get 10% off your order of anything you see on that landing page. That's onnit.com slash weird. Last but not least, we have our friends. Of course, I'm wearing them. I never take them off. I've got two pairs of the perfect jeans, and I just rotate them. It's all I wear. Because as you know, I hate a hard pant. I don't understand why we can't just all give in as a society, move into the 21st century, and start wearing comfortable, soft pants that look good. Enter the perfect jean. Hands down, for real, for real, my favorite pants that I have ever Owned. Not just my favorite jeans, my favorite pants. The whole spectrum. They have a great look, a great fit. They're Val's favorite pants that I have. And they have a secret. They're super soft, they're super flexible, and they look so good, no one needs to know. For years, I was wearing uh, yoga pants, trying to pull them off in public like I was Sting or Phil Collins. I couldn't pull it off. Why are we trapping our bodies, I would say? Why are we restricting our privates like they owe us money? Then I get the perfect jean. Best pants I've ever known. Haven't taken them off. They have premium stretch fabric woven into them. 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and the movement that your man parts require. This jean stretches so your nuts ain't crushed, thereby providing the only true home for your bone. Super soft. They are specialized washing so your jeans feel literally as soft as a baby's butt. 
You may even forget you're wearing pants. And with maximum durability, they're constructed utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last. And best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis and spare your nuts. The perfect jean for the perfectly imperfect man. Just 60 bucks when you use promo code WEIRDO at checkout. That's right. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene, whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honkin' eggplant. The perfect gene has you covered. So take a peek at www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgenejean, obviously, not G-E-N-E, theperfectgenejean.nyc, and use code WEIRDO for 25% off, just 60 bucks. Do yourself a favor. They sell out fast. If they're available, get two pair. You'll be glad you did. I haven't taken them off in months. All right, everybody. I'm stoked for you to hear this. Josh Radner, enjoy, enjoy. I get, I get into it. Is this a working infrared sauna? It's 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 a hard working. It cooks me. What about it cooks those me just at bottles that you drink? You're the second. I actually <laughs> think that's really great. Meaning. I would immediately notice that there's like a vagrant's level, like yeah. a hobo collection, yeah, like a beach. Can you say beach bum anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I don't mean a homeless person. I mean a guy who scours the beach. Yeah. Like he's oh, okay. on the beach a lot looking with for the bottles. metal thing. Maybe yeah. with the metal. <laughs> Maybe with the metal. Did your dad shame those guys like my dad did? We didn't grow up anywhere near a beach, so there was no opportunity for him. Okay. Do, do you think your dad would have been like? I don't think that would have been his beat that my dad was working on. I don't think that would have been my dad. What do you mean? Like, I don't think he... I I don't know that that's something he would notice or care about. Really? I don't think so. My dad has a real, like, you gotta make something of yourself. And and scouring the beach. What if you really strike strike gold out there then he would like one time I, I got into poker remember when we all got into poker i never did but wow good for yeah. you i don't wow. have a gambling thing okay well i mean the first thing i would say is it's not really gambling <laughs> it's a game of strategy right, right, like, of right. course there's a, ga- a chance element yeah who cares i'm not really saying this that's what i would have said when i was into it okay. you know what i mean like roulette is like gambling poker is certainly gambling but at least you're kind of like in the same way that tennis is gambling i guess well, I, I mean, everything is. Everything is gambling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Have you ever heard Chuck Klosterman's great thing about he doesn't understand odds because he's like, isn't everything 50-50? Like, everything's either going to happen or not. But, I well, aren't the odds of me responding verbally way higher than the odds of me kicking you in the face? Because you have a pattern of historically responding verbally. Yeah, and this is how we violence. determine odds. Did we just shame... <laughs> The author of Fight Club? Is that who? No, no, no. Who, 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 that's, that's Chuck Poloniak or whatever. Oh, wow. So this is Chuck Klosterman. Who's Chuck Klosterman? He's, uh, he's like a cultural I critic. The, I, I kind of could maybe get into a space where I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Like once, once reality is happening, I'm trying to turn this off and I saw a text. That's not helpful. You know when people do that? You know, you know when you do that. <laughs> what? No, I'm just saying it happens. You take your phone out to turn it off. Oh, and, and that's something how catches it gets you. you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I'm reading a book called How to Break Up with Your Phone. I've I've seen you that seen little that? book. Yeah, yeah. It's a wee little book. You know, I'm halfway through it, and for some reason, I'm just not reading it anymore because I I don't want to break up with my phone. This is addiction. Oh, 100%, I'm fascinated with 100%, this. Yeah. I'm fascinated. I I notice people. 
uh, I was just listening to um, what's his name, Carnivore's Dilemma. Omni- oh, Michael Omnivore's Pollen. Dilemma. Oh, he had a great piece Michael in the New York Pollen. Times about legalization of drugs. Did you read this? It was no. like a couple of days ago. I'll send really? it to you. Fantastic. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised, but he had a great thing about um, coffee. As I'm, I'm drinking my. See, I'm already trying to say I'm not an addict. I was going to say drinking my one and only. <laughs> This will be my one and only coffee. <laughs> but it's not. It will be. It will be? Yeah. Okay. I'll drink. It's a double espresso, which is actually less coffee. Is that an ice brood? That looks hot. No, no. This is uh, a yerba mate mixture that I there have down. There you go. I, I also right. had a matcha this morning, okay. so I'm kind of flying in two directions <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But anyway, he was candy going on. Candy flipping. Is that what they used to call? Have you heard that term, candy flipping? I've heard hippie flipping. Well, it would, it would be like you'd mix two drugs. Yeah. It's candy Hi- flipping. Yeah, hippie yeah. flipping is mixing LSD and mushrooms. Right. Or mushrooms and MDMA. Or right, right, right. Which I've never done. MDMA? No, I've done MDMA. Oh, oh don't be silly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, what a weird world. Well, go ahead. No, you were saying you haven't candy flipped or hippie flipped. I haven't. Be- I've never been on mushrooms and been like, can we kick this up a notch? <laughs> yeah, not- you know what would be great? It's a full other 100% experience. I don't get it. I'm yeah. I'm definitely a, a super lightweight. I don't, and that's not a, a yeah. bragging. Actually, oh, no, that I'm would be the same the way. I'm still very like cautious around drugs, like where yeah. I'm like, we're on, we're doing drugs. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I take it very seriously. I'm very type A. Yeah. Katie knows. She's heard me ad nauseum. I'm the guy that's like, you should watch your diet. Yeah. Watch your diet the week of. Everyone's just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to eat these before the screening of Tron. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know what you're talking about. But I was always like, that's where you panic is you, you do it recklessly. Of course. You know, that's well, where you I get think into the I bad t- space. The first time I took mushrooms was at Bonnaroo. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke I loved. It's the most easy word to pronounce. <laughs> no, there's no way to miss it. Bonnaroo? Anyway, it was just for me. I'm going to enjoy that I'm the only one who laughed. And then I never would do them at Bonnaroo ever again. In no, a field? Yeah. yeah. Like in a muddy field surrounded by tens of thousands I, of You kind of got to do like a cost-benefit analysis and say, what is the opportunity for a panic attack here? Yeah, like yeah. How, how high is that That's right. Well, actually, what are the odds? 50-50. Well, you run in like one direction. You're not running to like refuge. You're running towards MGMT, <laughs> which could be amazing. Right. right. Which could like really turn it around in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember when I was coming down, I saw Bruce Springsteen playing in the distance. I was eating that a would burrito. Me. It was all right. I'm not really into. Oh, really? Are you? I like Bruce Springsteen. I saw his Broadway thing. I bet I would like that. Yeah. That seems un yeah. not likable. I mean I, I, I was watching him and like now that I'm a musician, just to be up so close to like a very high level It probably rubbed off on you. Well, <laughs> just watching like the guy play guitar with yeah. that fluency and that ease and yeah. and I've actually this happens to me a lot as a songwriter. I like certain songwriters, but then I play their songs and I think they're genius. Like if you play I'm I on fire, it. you're like, oh, this is a really well constructed house. Yeah. Or like Neil Young is someone I never super responded to, but once I started playing his songs, yeah. I was like, these are amazing. You yeah, know? I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's it's I feel this is gonna sound like a joke, but I'm not joking. I feel the same way about magic tricks. Oh. Yeah. If I when I watched David Blaine's uh street magic special, I learned every trick. Okay. Learned every single trick. Which sounds impressive, but you know, a little googling and yeah. but I could do them. I would yeah. do them badly, but I would do them. Then you're like, oh my god, that's he's a, good. That's a triple lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, lifting up four cards as if it's one card is incredibly yeah. difficult. It, so you're doing that with Bruce. You're exactly. like, he went from a 
Esus minor. Or the restraint. What's even cooler is how simple it is. Yeah. How like, oh, I knew all these chords the first week I was playing guitar, but he just put them together in a great way. That's right. You know, I, and I mean Neil Young. That's the the joke is that it's like an E minor. Sort of, <laughs> yeah, gonna do a... but I uh, my favorite thing is like the simple. You may, maybe there's something analogous in comedy where you're like that joke was so simple of and course. perfect, perfect. Of course. And I just love those. Well, you know? and then it, well, it reminds me of Jackson Pollock. Everybody respected Jackson Pollock because he could also paint classically. Like if he only mm-hmm. did that. Yeah, I don't think the community at that time would have yeah, respected yeah. him. So similarly in comedy, if you tell, I tell this joke on the podcast all the time. I don't care. It's something Val said that I turned into a joke, and I just say on stage, I go, "Have you ever have to poop so bad you pee second? Oh, I've heard you say this. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can't stop using it as an example. <laughs> yeah. of it because it's hard to write. What? How many words is that? Twelve words seven words that like it just always works it's like this and it's also like the the whole human experience is encapsulated in exactly it. yeah and the shame like everybody yeah, laughs yeah yeah and it's because we all have bodies and it's ridiculous gods who poop yeah or gods who yeah, poop yeah 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 is that mckenna shit. it's it's in the denial of death actually oh, oh Ernest Becker. yeah 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 from our homeboy richard Rourke. oh my god and he says at s-h-i-t I love it. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> only only uh, people who grew up in the church can appreciate. And he doesn't say poop. He says shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thrill. Yeah. You know, I mentioned this to you, but I do. I really have to thank you for, 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 for Richard in my life because I first heard him on your podcast. Well, I have to apologize to you because I was like, when did – we must have talked about that. And I looked in my emails and there were like two emails that I just didn't reply to you. Oh, really? I felt really bad. There were a bunch that I did. But then yeah. there would be a couple where you were like, hey, that Richard one was amazing. And I don't know. I, I, I felt embarrassed. Do you feel my hostility right now about it? <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's deep. It's God deep to be with. Shit. <laughs> wow. Um, no, it wasn't. It was just like, why didn't I? And I reread it and I was like, this is great. And, but you did email me saying uh-huh. like, that Richard Rohr conversation was great. Yeah. I'm a. Let's not make it about me, but like I run kind of hot and cold. Like, like you might have emailed me I'm in a emailing. week when I'll just in life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's it's sort of either like yes, like how I am now, and when I reach out to you, I'm like I'll go for weeks of just like a big walking yes, and then maybe a week of I get no. That. I get that of absolute no. Yeah. Did the pandemic shift any of that for you? Like like your relationship with people and communication? Don't you dare interview me. Did it? <laughs> did it do that to you, Josh? <laughs> Don't you dare! I don't know. I asked. I asked more. I asked a question that I was like, I don't know the answer to that for myself. I loved an element of the pandemic because it helped me ease into. I love absolutes. I sort of have an addict's mind. Yeah. So if you say stop eating celery, yeah. I'll go aye aye. Oh I'll yeah just yeah yeah. Stop. Oh, I'm the same way. Give me a program. Yeah, I'm, love it. I'm really good. Yeah, I, yeah. and that's very. So I was just with Richard, as I, that's why I texted you, Richard Rohr, and I was talking about all or nothing thinking, and he's like, that's the mind of an addict. He wasn't calling me an addict. Right. But I was like, oh, fuck, that's me, and I struggle with addiction. I, don't, I wouldn't say I struggle with it. I'm aware of it. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. I'm very all or nothing in some regards. Yeah. But then I was like, there's a way that you can use that in your favor, and here's one of them. In the quarantine, I'm like, well... This is what's happening. Yeah. And you took it as an order. Right. You go, you can't go to parties. Right, you can't right, see right, friends. Right. You can't go to the movies. And you're just like, that's what's happening. Yeah. And then I could just find the part of me that was a cat 
an indoor cat yeah. and embody that. Yeah. And the first time I did stand-up, and I'm almost done talking because this is about you, <laughs> I did stand-up and I was like, oh, I'm a dog. I'm, I'm like a mystery to myself. I was such a cat for a year, and then I did one show and I was like, hey, everybody! And uh-huh. felt so social and so fed, and I was like, we should live on a commune! And I was like, I think I'm a dog. So right. the, the truth is I have no idea. Right. What was your quarantine? What was it like? I went into the quarantine single, just living by myself. Were you looking to mingle? Because it's mm, a bad time to no, mingle. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I was doing. I, I just, I emerged with a dog and a girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. Okay, act one. It's March. <laughs> yeah. We have to think you're about to do something to really give us the impact. I, I'm pitching culinary school in France. <laughs> You're at the airport and it, it all shuts, shuts down. down. Yeah. Screen goes black. It says two months later. Right. You have a beard. I have a beard. I had also <laughs> quarantine pants that I wore for a month. Like yeah. months. Like I got anxiety when I wasn't in these quarantine pants. I understand. Yeah. I so I, I wore those. Get it. Uh my high school friends and I all are we got in on Los a, Angeles? Yeah, we are. Okay, I'm sorry. five minutes from you, by the way. That's why I was late because when you live too close to some, I, I mapped it. I was I like, I'm five minutes away. I I'm going to be yesterday. 15 minutes late. I did that yesterday. I yeah. looked at the map. It said 10 minutes, and I was like, "So I'll leave with 10 minutes." Yeah, and then of course you're late. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep going. Uh, I I I re well. My high school friends and I all got on this Marco Polo thing that I we know still the Marco do. Polo, yeah. It's the world. I did some dance app. and yoga classes. I mean, I was really you know it was all. But shut you were down. alone. I was alone then. Yeah. I mean, this is intense. No shit you were doing Marco Polo. Yeah. And not not that we're the first two people to say this, but like social media sort of became our only super lifeline. relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Like super good. Yeah. Like we remember, I feel like it was right before, no, it was during the pandemic that that movie came out oh, about oh. how phones are the worst things in the world. Yeah. It, the, where the documentary was great, but the fictionalized stuff was kind of unbearable. Hilarious. It, and yet Vincent, whatever from Mad Men yeah. was in it. And yeah. I, I think, I think about it all the time because I, he's like a particularly cool guy. Yeah. I'm not saying that was uncool. So yeah. Vincent, if you hear this, it's not, I'm not shitting on you. Yeah. I'm just like, how did they frame it to it? Oh, I thought that exact thing. Right? Like, like what was the pitch from your agents about you're, this? You're cool. Like, you're very cool. I I also believe like, in that project. Like, I was too. like, I get what I would have done doing. it. Yeah. I, I mean, but I'm different from him. Yeah. I did something with him, and he was like, I don't do late night because it makes you too famous. Oh, I was wow. like, he, he was the only person that gave me that advice. He's like, if you want to be able to still go to the grocery store and not be bothered, don't do Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, wow. And I was like, and then I saw him in that, and I was like, Maybe he just wanted to work. Maybe he just was excited about the the pro. It is a good. It's a worthwhile pursuit. Yeah. Why you don't want to break up with your phone? Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. You know what stuck for me with the is the the three dot thing that oh, tells that you someone's texting. You, like they that's just like the most overt. They just want to keep you on the phone. Yeah. They just want to keep you there. Because then you're so much closer to going back to Instagram. I think about the evil brilliance the, of it, it all. It is an evil brilliance. It's, it's they're absolutely are like there's a weakness in the in the human nervous system that yeah. we know color and light yeah. and sensation yeah. and FOMO novelty and novelty absolutely yeah. yeah and and just and then the the slowly I've noticed for example they'll put uh, I don't know if this is by design but I'm imagining it is uh, like on Amazon Prime. There'll be a cartoon for kids. It's on kids, and Lila will get hooked on it, yeah. and then they'll take it off of Prime. So, so now what are you going to do? You're going to buy it. 
Uh, yeah, 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 you, yeah. I mean, you don't have to. You can just say to your daughter, like, that show's gone forever. <laughs> or yeah. they know they have the parents. Like, you, they now they want to watch that movie and they're asking yeah. for it and maybe they're sad. Yeah. Now you're going to buy Stella and Sam, which is a great show. And I'm like, that's brilliant. You know what? Another little fun one is you buy a movie on iTunes. Why do you get the email the next day? Thank you for your purchase. You know why? Because they, they have the data. They they know that if you get the email that says here's your receipt, you just spent I what did I spend on Black Widow twenty nine ninety nine for Premier Access? Uh huh. They don't send the receipt right when you do it. They send it a couple days later or the next day because they don't want you to have the regret. They don't want you to have the shame. They want oh. the receipt to come after you've watched the movie, enjoyed it, and been like that was worth it. Oh. But imagine if you if you pressed order and then you got the receipt and it reminds you it went to your Amex thirty dollars. And you're like, that was $30? See, this this kind of stuff... I thought it was worth $30. I thought it was great. <laughs> you did. Did you like it? I didn't see it. You're like a cool guy. <laughs> you're, like, you're playing your lute and playing <laughs> I'm on fire right. on the lute. The lute. The smoking lute. a cigarette with your toes. Yeah. <laughs> like Josh. The harmonica thing. You know, of the course. contraption around the neck. But in it, there's a sandwich. You're like, I don't have time to eat. I'm writing songs. And cigarettes on each end. <laughs> um... I uh, this is why we need Richie Rohr and Ramdas because of the iTunes receipt. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I I'd like more. Well, I feel like there's something <clears throat> brutalizing about just living in America under its kind of like forget it. consumer capitalist thing that that spiritually is very um, uh, it assaults us okay daily. Right with you. Know. you. When I, so I go to see Richie in New Mexico. Yeah. Just being in New Mexico. You're, there's, it's just adobe houses. It looks like, like the Hobbits. It looks like the Shire. Yeah. It looks like Yoda and the Hobbits got together and we're like, let's make a state. Yeah. And there's no billboards. You see the sky. You see the earth. I loved it. I know everybody. Apparently, everybody loves New Mexico. I had never been. I loved it. I really loved it. Then I get back. I thought this this morning. I was checking my phone on the toilet, as we all do, looking, making sure we're still good, making sure you didn't email to cancel. And then I just swing over to Instagram because I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) I don't really think I'm a piece of shit. And I see ads. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just completely normal for me to see an ad for whatever it was. Yeah. And you're like, so it's now 8 a.m. and I've already seen two ads. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not. So I said this to Richie and I'm going to throw it back to you, Josh. Yeah. I said, and it's a David Foster Wallace ish quote i'm paraphrasing david foster wallace says we're having our needs met by something that doesn't love us Mm. and richard went wow Mm. wow i'm gonna use that yeah and he and i I believe he will because that's what your phone is and even things that i like postmates or whatever amazon movies whatever amazon as a whole uh they don't care about you like, and that's okay. I mean, how I could I just heard that? Amazon as a whole, but H-O-L-E. It's just uh, like the endless... A-hole. Amazon hole. <laughs> the Amazon hole. You fell in the A-hole. Yeah, you fell. I'm, I can't get out. But it's just like when you get out of communion. Yeah. And when I was with Richie for four days, and we just had this wonderful road trip, basically. Wow. And everybody we met had lovely lunches with all these people. That's when we talked about you. I just was in relationship. Yeah. Which is a big Richie thing. It's like, it's not about being right. It's about being in right relationship. Totally. And I, I often, <clears throat> I think all addiction is essentially what false God are you worshiping mm. that's got you? Mm. Is it sex? Is it money? Is it um, drugs, alcohol? 
<clears throat> gambling, what is the thing that you have turned into a god that cannot love you back, mm. that is robbing you of your vitality, your energy, your attention? Instead of being the very thing that's feeding your vitality and yeah. the wind behind your attention, yeah. Yeah. instead of loving that, which is loving you back. I know we're using the metaphor of here's God and he or she is loving you. God is loving you. Uh, that's that's a that's an anthropomorphizing of the idea that something is supporting you, right? But right. that's really happening. Well, that's the, not also, a metaphor. The implicit you're being your heart is being beaten right now by totally, this force, totally, and you're being breathed right. Now. I'm sorry, I get very excited. No, no, no. About it's this. true. It's so true. it's not it should be celebrated. It's not just oh, you believe in God. I'm talking about an image of something that's happening right the fuck right. now, right? As opposed to porn. Let's not beat up porn or video games or gambling. All the things he's just said. Sorry, I got yeah. very excited. Well, no, it's it's also <laughs> the implicit premise. The, the, I heard a great thing where someone said, "I said to my friend, are things going to be okay?'" And my friend said, "Things are okay." Oh wow! Like things are okay. Things like nothing. We're, we don't need anything right now yeah. to, to make this moment add to this moment. But the, what ads are always doing is saying something is wrong with this moment right now. Something's wrong with you right now. And if you only had X, Y, Z, it would be filled. That's right. So I feel like America is constantly keeping us in the state of if you're on one side of the equation, which is I, I haven't uh, gotten the success. I haven't gotten the TV. I haven't gotten the show or the fame or whatever. Yeah. You're in discontent because of the longing, the hunger. Right. On the other side of it is despair. I have it. And I'm more upset than I've ever been yes. because it didn't take away the despair. That's right. So it's like... Which is worse, by the way. You've which is both. worse. You've, which is worse. I mean, and so for me... I don't want to assume you were d- despondent. No, I was. I think we talked through. about this last time. It's, I think you we'll, know? We'll, we'll, let's give ourselves a pass because we don't of us remember. remember. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but, I, but I do feel... For me, when I got on the other side of the aisle where I was like, okay, I have the thing I thought I wanted, the thing I thought would make me feel whole and complete and loved and Which, seen. by the way, you didn't just think. You inherited a mythology. Oh, 100%. 100%. You, I don't want to say you're a victim, but I like to say you're a product yeah. of our story, of our culture. Yeah. Here's a great Richie. You're going to love it. He goes... People say Jesus is Lord, like Christians say Jesus is Lord. Jesus isn't Lord. The system is Lord. And what is the system? Can you pay your bills? Yeah. Because that's power. Yeah. And then if you have extra money, then you can buy people and buy influence. It's just money. Yeah. He's like, don't kid yourself. I've said this a million. I'm going to say it a million more. You don't actually worship worship this naked Jewish loser right. who's being murdered. Right. That's your God? Yeah. Really? Right. Because it's, it seems like what really winds you up is like a nice upgrade to first class. Yeah. And I'm I'm right in there. I'm in the mix too. Or I'm meeting I, with I the was, senator. That's or right. Or whatever. Whatever it is. <clears throat> yeah. or, or even me my access to Richie is like my little oh look at this, this is a special yeah. There's a part of me. Yeah. I concede that. What a what a fancy little life I have. Yeah. So it's hard to own and worship the broken, yeah. the strangest symbol of yeah. God that's ever existed. I read a really interesting statistic that said <clears throat> in countries where the social safety net is much stronger, like in Scandinavian countries, there's a, a lot less religiosity hmm. because they're not obsessed with how am I going to pay my bill. So when in a country like America where the religiosity is high and climbing on some level... Can you define level, religiosity? Does it just I mean, mean religiousness? I think so. Okay, good. Yeah, the word, then we're I okay. Know. I just want to make sure I, I understand. I don't think I made that word up, I don't but I might have. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It sounded great. Um, but it feels like um, when people are like, there's so much out of control in my life, I need... Yeah. 
something. And really, you know? what he is, uh, a lot of times, God is like the pit boss yeah. who's going to comp your room. Oh, or totally. And he's going to help you be a winner. Yeah. This is why I can't get enough of Richie, because when my wife left me and I was evangelical, I was like, what is this? Yeah. And there was no Richard in my life going, this is crucifixion. Right. This is what happened to the main guy. Yeah, yeah. That everything falls apart and your yeah. friends betray you and you're naked yeah. and disgraced. No one said that to me. In fact, not to put him down, he meant it well, but one of the co-pastors at my church said to me, he was like, we don't do good with suffering or well. He was like, we just don't do well with suffering. He was wow. sort of apologizing. Wow. Because when you're divorced you in the church, be, no one wants to talk to you. If there should be one thing we're good at, it should be suffering. That's right. That's like built around the whole thing. But when they turned, this is atonement theory. I don't know if you've gone into deep uh, Richie's atonement theory. I know theory. about all this. They're substitutionary they're atonement. Like, oh, I'm the only yeah. Jew who can go deep on substitutionary I atonement. I mean, <laughs> come on. He was a Jew. Yeah, that's it true. It sounds so weird. A Jew. He was Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, when you turned Jesus dying into pleasing an angry God, that yeah. it just was another way of winning. Yeah. As opposed to incorporating death. And in, and seeing it as not as like a failure, yeah. but as part of yeah. the cycle of the cosmos, yeah. death and resurrection, which I, I just said this on We Made It Weird this week, in the short term, just looks like death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you don't get to see the resurrection, yeah. <laughs> or it won't make sense to you. It's not like, Josh, uh, God forbid, but you you explode right now. Yeah. And then I go, but one of the chunks landed on Katie's knee. She went to the doctor. They found something in her knee that had to be removed. Josh is exploding, saved Katie's life. That's like human logic. Yeah. But sometimes Josh is exploding for generations will just seem like a horrible tragedy. Right, right. But in the undulation of every atom in this galaxy, in this cosmos... It'll make sense to something that's not us, that has nothing to do with making sense. <clears throat> it just makes sense because it, 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 it's not for us to understand. Yeah. Did that make any sense? Yeah, it did. So, I mean, who would... <laughs> can you explain it to me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think, it, I think it, it's that thing of human beings have a point of view and God has perspective, right? Like there's a, there's a kind of hover over Ooh. things, seeing everything. That's a good one. I, here's how I think about this is like, if we're a molecule inside a cell we're just getting knocked around, right? And we're like, there's no order here. This is chaos. But the scientist is like, no, 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 there's, it's working. And there's something happening here. You are the king of the Jews. Can I say that? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't, no, don't, say, no, that. don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> you are the king. Yeah. I love that. And where's the remote to, the, to this? I had it. Is that a Oh, fan? here it is. I'm going to make it oscillate because it's getting hot in here. Yeah. And it turns into the Sleepy Summer series like, it's really funny how oh. simple the human animal is. Yeah. You make it hot, and the, the whole podcast changes for three months. Do you know I heard that air conditioning is making us fat? Ooh. Because in the summer months, we're supposed to eat lighter. To stay if, cool. To stay cool. But if we're always cold, we eat like it's winter, but in the summer. Josh, we're friends. And I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't reply to your email. Listen to this. <laughs> Exercise, like swimming, yeah. where you're cold. Sometimes leads to weight gain because you get out and you're freezing and you eat more. Oh, to soothe yourself. So it's like yeah. they, they're like try to get hot in your exercise. Uh-huh. Obviously, swimmers' body. There's millions of them to counteract that. But yeah. I would be the guy that would swim and get out and eat a whole pizza. <laughs> yeah, because I can't handle that. Also, what you just said. Get ready to have your. I'm assuming circumcised penis blown just to <laughs> earth, blown away. <laughs> this yeah. is getting weird. <laughs> getting. Katie, when you don't have headphones, the whole thing goes to shit. Jay, oh, did he find him? Yeah. Oh, good. Is it recording? It's okay to wear these. Of course you may. That's so sweet of you to not and turn on the sound, the some noise if you want. 
Um, what a kindness. What a kindness. By the way, Richard is so kind uh, yeah. when you hang out with him. As you know, I want to hear about your trip. But yeah. like, I just watched a man. Don't let me forget Alan Watts. I'm going to tell you this yeah. Alan Watts thing. I watched a man just kind of know what human beings need. Yeah. And he just gives it to them. Yeah. Not because he's a priest. But because he knows that giving is receiving, and 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 you can, you're this close. He understands the laws. Yes, he understands the like metaphysical laws of the universe. He does, and he honors them, and he honors them, and he yeah. doesn't do it. No disrespect to my pastors when I grew up, but that my impression of them was, "Hey, buddy, yeah." Well, they had to be. Yeah. We were high schoolers. They were trying to get our attention. Yeah, so that's fine. But Richard, I, I was talking to my our, our wonderful uh, nanny Iris about him, and I was like, "This is what Richard would say to you." So you take care of other people's babies as if they're your own. How magnificent! <laughs> yeah. How glorious! Yeah. You love them. Yeah. And they love you. And just like that, yeah. She's, Everyone's she'd crying. be crying. Everyone's crying. And he's just saying what's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. But he's. A, I trust he, my baby. He's a teacher for. Post crucifixion people, yeah, like he's it for it. people. For people, the the illusion's gone. That's right. The we we hit the end of the road. The the mask stopped working. Okay, and you're like there's Richard. I'm gonna carve an award for you, Josh. You're the <laughs> you're the greatest man, and I love you. I really love you. I think that was awesome. I, I believe really it. perfect. You know. Okay, here's the Alan Watts thing. Yeah. Then I, let's talk about your trip to Richie. Yeah. Um, and your experience with him, or whatever, wherever we go, it doesn't yeah. matter. Alan Watts says. If you everything's about perspective. Yeah. If you look through a microscope, you see one reality. You look through a telescope, you see another reality. It's all but it's all kind of one thing happening. Yeah. Meaning you're part of this. Yeah. Boy, I could get into how you are baked into this. Like the the separation is so nuts. I'll say this every time I think of it. The way you're sitting right now is how your great 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 grandfather sat. Wow, like yeah. that, like if you could really own that, you feel a lot less lonely. Yeah, like you are the echo of all of these things that came before you. Right, going back into uh, chimpanzees or, or or Homo erectus or whatever they were. You're you're going so far back. If you could see that, and of all the right lives. now that I am someone's ancestor. Now that's right. That is sending forth That's something, right. whether it's literal DNA. That's or, right. Yeah, you're carrying forth. Yeah. Also, so forget about DNA, just the culture. Yeah. So the things you've put into the world, putting the things you've put into the world, this conversation, it's bleeding into everything. Every there's no boundaries. Yeah. Everything is affecting everything constantly. I think that's why we like the butterfly effect. You step on a butterfly, time traveling, it ruins everything. This is changing everything in a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. And that is the opposite of lonely. Anyway, I'll get I could go on about that. It's just like if you're feeling lonely, no one alive is outside of that. That is true. You right. are a part right. of an almost an endless echo of people. You have a cellular memory of being born by those people dying. You kind of know how to die. You've never died before, yeah. but you have imprinted in you how to die the same way a baby deer is born and starts walking. Yeah. You've also died before. I read this. That's the opposite of lonely. I read this great biography of Montaigne who who basically invented the essay. He was this French guy. And when he was 35... Fuck that guy. He, he ruined high school. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, he, he, they called him the original blogger. He was writing around the time of Shakespeare. Mm. And he got thrown That's off a horse. a tough he time was, to start writing. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. To be or not to be. I'll 
also wrote something about my lunch. Well, we still care about him. He okay, must have good, done okay. Good, good. But he got thrown off a horse when he was like 35. He was quite rich. He he had all these seizures and like he was bleeding and they carried him back to his house and he thought he was going to die. He thought he was dying. Mm. They thought he was dying. He said, when he awoke, he said, I had never felt such peace. Wow. He said, I remembered it, but I, my whole body was peaceful and I knew that I was at the doorstep of death and I realized... <clears throat> death was the easiest thing we do wow. and that nature takes care of us completely and there's nothing to fear and he for the rest of his life he never feared death he lived to be quite old but he said it, it didn't bother him after that because he was like wow. it's not it's not a big deal you know doesn't ramdas say death is not to be afraid of or death is not to be feared or death yeah. is he says it's something. taking off a tight shoe yeah. oh he says death is completely safe it's completely safe that's the that's the completely one safe. yeah 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 you know i mean it really is uh, related to birth, like were you afraid to be born? Like that's that's also this like really intense yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. I, mean? I think birth is probably much more arduous. Yeah, you that's know? why we delete it. Everyone deletes it. The mom deletes right, the pain. Right, right. The babies delete. That was there was a line in the movie Soul where they were like, one of the gifts of the universe is deleting the drama of the birth process. Right, wow. and that is true. Yeah, although you do carry it. Like I, the, when your baby is, when Leela is freaking out you're like yeah you just went through a pretty big car crash yeah to get yeah, here yeah and when you do dmt a lot of people have like a birth canal yeah experience i wonder i always have this i wonder if at the moment of death either right before or right after if there's a moment when when you see that all your grasping striving hunger anxiety fear neuroses all those things that you could have done it without them that, by the way, very similar to the Jewish definition, one of the Jewish definitions of hell that I learned in Israel. I was like, what about hell? I, I just wanted to ask everybody about hell. Yeah. Because nobody had illuminated me that it, don't worry, your friend who died in high school isn't burning alive <laughs> right, right now. Right, right, So I was asking everybody. And one of the rabbis, or he wasn't a rabbi, he was just a learned Jewish man. He was like... When you die and you realize that God was there, meaning love was there, yeah, and you realize you spent the whole time denying the one that set love, of footprints, yeah, hey, hey, don't ruin this moment, <laughs> don't ruin this beautiful point. I'm just kidding. He was like, "That is what we're talking. About. That's the burn." I don't actually like this definition, but it's kind of cute as a poem. It's like the regret that you could have known that you were held, right. Or you could have trusted. Yeah. Not known. Yeah. We can't really know. I mean, you can sort of know, I guess. Some people seem like really certain. But like, that's the regret. But it almost feels like they had to suffer in their way into the certainty, right? Like there's something about suffering that is, it peels away the illusions. And at the base, base, base of it, you find that love. That's it. It's the Pima Chodron like... um, we have to subject ourselves to annihilation over and over until we find that which is indestructible in us. That's right. You know? And that's a, that's a real, that was like a psychedelic trip moment for me where you're, you're tripping, right? Uh, I was on mushrooms and I saw, it was like a jaguar. It wasn't even that vivid. It yeah. was a pretty small dose. I'm kind of, like I said, a lightweight. But I just saw, I kind of saw a little jaguar phantom Mm -hmm. and i thought and it was looked scary and i said what are you gonna get me and and that is that was the lesson it was like nothing can get who you really are yeah that's true in this reality too that's that's what you see when you're with the great 
when we, when you're with roundouts, you're like, this guy knows nothing can get what he really is. You right. can, and that's Jesus. And he said, you can before the stroke, he didn't know that. Yeah, he needed the stroke to get that he was not his body. Right. You know, like I when when I'm really and generally involving psychedelics, but like when I'm really in that um, expanded state, I'm like. I could be crucified, shot, killed, maimed, you know, everything, humiliated on the biggest public stage yeah. and also be okay, like, yeah. be okay, like, know that the, the, the hug that the divine is giving me is un, it, it will not ever stop. Right. Because you know? it is you. Because it is me. In your That's deepest it. reality, you are God. I was just thinking about this. So it's pretty basic new age woo-woo fun spirituality to say that god is the ocean and you're you, there's a drop of water and right. it's animating you but how can you divide infinity right so if god is infinity that's why we say he's the ocean or she's the ocean right and you have a drop of that in you but how can you take just a drop of infinity i believe it's julian of norwich said at my core my identity is god and right. i think that's what she means to, to, how can you take just a piece yeah. of infinity it's either infinity or it's not. So if there's a little piece of you that is God, then that, your truest nature, is infinity. And isn't it funny, if you actually just stay on the path you're talking about, like literally just like do a thought experiment, just follow conclusions. through, follow through, you will arrive at a place where you will articulate something like what you just said. And to the cultural gatekeepers or the religious gatekeepers, they will call you a heretic. Right. Right, because they depend on duality, they depend on separation. And they this is what Richie would say: in to and keep out. you in a codependent yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Because, and I said this to him. I'm telling you, the two times I said something to him that he was like, "I'm going to use that." But this is Ramdas. They had a cat, and it was overweight, and you know, big, big old round cat. And they were like, "Let's put the cat on a diet." So they started feeding the cat less. And after two months, the cat had not lost a single pound, and they were feeding it like a third of its diet. It was swimming in cold water. It had been swimming in cold water. (laughs) It was doing the kitty paddle. (laughs) No, it found a way to like slink under the sink, which is where they kept the food. And Ramdas goes, "Once you know where the cat food is, you know the game's over. (laughs) You can't portion out." God to me, I know how to slink under the sink. Oh yeah. And Richard's like, "I'm going to use that," and that's what we're talking about. But Richard is the only preacher or whatever you want priest that i've ever heard that is just saying like this is sort of my job is sort of bullshit meaning we want to keep you codependent we want to hide the cat food so you come that's why i trust him because he doesn't encourage codependency yeah and he also he's so vulnerable he doesn't have piety he's so vulnerable about his own ego his own needs i love his thing about Praying for one good humiliation a day. That's I, that was in the New Yorker. I've started doing that. Yeah, and I I said this to Andrew Santino, but if you're really looking and yeah. if you're sensitive like me, oh, it's everywhere. I get like three or four. Oh, a day. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was shocked. I was like, I get like four a day. He was like, really? Yeah. I was like, yeah. If you're really looking, yeah, like this is not true, but meaning this is fake. But it's just as well as could have been. Like when I saw you, we hugged. What if we hadn't hugged? That would have been one. Right. I would have gone, okay. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like me. Yeah. Because that's how, if you can really get your inner baby, mine is, I, I picture baby Trump crying. Like, just <laughs> yeah, the yeah, neediest, yeah. Yeah. reddest, little fat, kind of ugly baby. Yeah. That's who I am. Like, deep down, just, he just wants it all. He wants all the love. He wants all the attention. And if you can 
be not to compliment myself, but I had to get still enough to really meet him. Yeah. And if you start having a line of communication to him, you'll see he's offended by pretty much everything. So the humiliations abound once he gets a little way to this talk to This is baby you. Trump that lives in you? My He was in my unconscious. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He just wants to be picked up. Yeah. He wants all the boobs and, with and, all the and milk. The, and the doorway to compassion is really seeing everyone has that crying baby exactly. in them. Everybody. And it's also, I don't know, sometimes when I really get... Thank you for saying that. I felt a little vulnerable sharing that. No, no, I'm with you. But I also, it's like, it's so... That's like the doorway to compassion is some road of it takes you into everyone has that crying baby within them. Yeah. And also like how fragile we are as humans, like how needy and desperate and fragile and we can be swayed over by the slightest breeze. That's right. The slightest uh, slight. You don't know. You know. And it'll surprise you. Yeah. Something will humiliate you. So I'll tell you this story. Uh, I, we're with Richard and another priest met us. And this man was well-meaning. I don't think this is an embarrassing story for him. But I told him I was a comedian. And he said how do you find balance in your life as a comedian? And I, beyond humiliated, I saw red, like my, mm. my fist clenched. Because in my book, I tell the story of when I was a comedian the last time I went to church, somebody, one of the associate pastors shook my hand and said, how do you, um, he didn't say rationalize, how do you, whatever, justify, how do you balance, basically, being a comedian and a Christian? And I just was like, oh, yeah, well, like I didn't, I just, I was dying inside that I had been yeah. so harshly judged. Right. And I ba- literally wrote a book about <laughs> how offended I was by that question. Yeah, yeah. And here it is, 15 years later. Yeah. I'm sitting with Richard. This guy says t- to my ear, he could have meant a million things. He could have yeah. meant it like, I love you. I want to know you. But it felt a little smug and it felt very condescending and judgy. <laughs> And I, this is how much I love Richard. I didn't have a problem being like, just so you know, uh, that's a really triggering question for me. You said that? Yeah. Uh-huh. I wasn't going to do what I did 15 years ago, which yeah. was, oh, you're clergy. You can say whatever you You're want like, I don't to want me. to write another book. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. I'm just going to deal with this in the moment. You know what? I don't want to go to therapy. Yeah. I don't want to write a book. Let's nip this in the butt. Let's nip it in the butt. And I, yeah. I phrased it all in the hypothetical, meaning I didn't attack them. Yeah. I just said, that feels really condescending and judgy to me. And all I hear is, when do you see your wife? Yeah. And and I said, fuck you. When do you see your wife? Like, how do you find balance? You said like, that too? I let it out. Yeah. And what's even more impressive is that Richard was there. Didn't seem to yeah. phase old Richie. Yeah. He, he's not. I never felt the need to be like a good, sweet boy. Well, I was he, like, you hurt my feelings. Yeah. How dare you? You know why, in though? In real time. Because he was a prison chaplain for 13 years. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? What do I got? Yeah, what are we going to do? Little... What are we going to tell him something that's going to make him blush and offend? Like, no. But this is what we never had. And, and we were participating in a system, meaning if I was with a clergy person, that meant the first thing you stop doing is making dick jokes or, right, or right. swearing. And by day three, I mean, Richard is always very sweet, but like I felt safe to be myself. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. being authentically him. I don't think he's censoring himself. But yeah. like if I wanted to make a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want. I think Michael Beckwith or someone said a minister, I love this definition, is a minister is someone who grows in public, mm. which I think on some level we're both doing. 
for sure. Letting people see, like, you're not going back and re-editing, you know, these. You're like, look, that's a record of 2014. That's what I was saying. That's That's what I was thinking. I might blush if I listen to it now. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I put this in my first movie, Happy Thank You More, Please, but someone said to me years ago, an actor said, life was just continue. he realized life was just continuing series of realizing what an asshole you were five years ago. So every five years. John, John, Josh, I tried to say, that's wonderful. Yeah. So I, I really think like if we're engaged in that, what an asshole you were five years. But every five I'm years, I'm not done enjoying it. Every it's great. five years, you say that right about you know? the time your cells have completely replaced themselves. Yeah, you exactly. go like, what Whoa. the fuck was that other cellular? Yeah, shake? you really, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no, that's it, and and that is not to be too hoity, especially as we're doing it. But I know my own ability to self-deceive yeah and i was like here's the record how badly would you like to if you're like me if my dad had a podcast and i could listen to him talking oh wow we've been doing it for 10 years so when he was 32 i could have heard what he was going through wow i would have loved that yeah and watch lila won't care it's fine but (laughs) maybe she's open to not care yeah what were oh i was going to tell you the alan watts thing remember microscopes telescopes yeah and then i i definitely feel like we're in a good area and i want to get you talking more but you're gonna like it he goes if if you could shrink yourself down microscopic and you were in an artery all you would see is death and destruction right you'd just see microbes eating each other yeah it would be literally the worst dog eat dog nightmare (laughs) yeah either you're like swooshing around an artery on your way on your millionth time back to the heart just to be squished back out yeah but everything around you is eating everything and shitting it out and then things eat the shit and then you get eaten and then you're shit out and you die everything is death yeah and then you zoom out and you go that's a healthy human body right it's and that's he's like i think that's what's going on here yeah like i'm not here to say that this makes sense this is a nightmare at, <laughs> yeah at, it's, as yeah. ramdas would say it's a i'll give you a nightmare if you give me majestic or breathtakingly beautiful it's yeah both. yeah and that's or i think i think i mentioned this last time we talked i do think i mentioned this but terence mckenna says the only thing to understand is that we are trapped in a very the elaborate. Thing the only yeah. to understand is that, is that we, we are trapped, trapped in a very elaborate work of art. Well, yeah, I, if I don't remember you saying that, yeah. that's a good. You one. also told me though about his Big Bang thing, which is which I quote all the time. Which is if you will, if you permit us one miracle, yeah. that one, give us one free miracle, give us one free. He's like, there's. There's nothing more preposterous. I, did, I defy you to think of anything less likely to be believed. <laughs> it's the, he says it's the absolute limit test of credulity. <laughs> <laughs> and the naysayers, the the, the and I, I run into fewer and fewer of these people. But the people that are really like get real. Let me let me put it to you this way. I it, to me it's not important whether or not. Jesus of Nazareth was murdered and then came back physically to life. Yeah. Right? It's very interesting to talk about. I like to lend myself to a childlike wonder and belief and enjoy that yeah. participation. And other times I go, what's a metaphor? It's, I'm all over the yeah, place yeah. and I love all of it. Yeah. But if you think about someone dying and then, so that's nothing, and then becoming something. Right. That's what the whole fucking thing, the whole thing is resurrection. The whole yeah. thing even the most materialist person says nothing became something. So something yeah. dead became alive. Right. That's what they believe. 
Right. I'm not saying so. The the fundamentalist Christians believe a dead thing became a living thing. Right. So does Stephen Hawking? Yeah. Believe a dead thing? That's not just one man dying and coming back. That's the whole thing yeah. being dead. I've been trying to talk about this on stage. I have to. I, I'm actually doing Largo tonight. It's it's like a Largo bed. It's like a bed I could only do at Largo. <laughs> right. You need but space to work exactly it out. Yeah. like that. Not a date night outside in an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, whenever I imagine the Big Bang, I picture darkness, and then yeah. But darkness isn't nothing. I've said right. this a million times on the show. I just want to hear what it makes you think. Nothing. There is no nothing. Right. We have no nothing. Yeah. You can't even picture nothing. I remember being, I went to the, like an Orthodox Hebrew day school, like for nine years until high school. So it was like, it was like a Catholic school, but for Jew, Jewish kids. And I remember just when they said, God's never not been here. It was like my first really like trying to taste infinity. Like, what does that mean? But before the, before the, before the, before the, before the, you know, it, it, it hurt my brain. Yeah. Cause I was like, what do you mean? It always had been here, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if you're a scientist or inclined towards theology or spirituality, at some point, you're going to bump up against absolute mystery, absolute, like, you just have to bow at some point and be like, I don't know. I know a couple things. A a magnificent piece of art? Is that what he said? Uh, An elaborate work of art. We are, we're trapped. Trapped. We're trapped in an elaborate elaborate work of of art. Yeah. Yeah. That's like realizing we're, I think we're in an artery. (laughs) Well... I meant to ask you about this, and I don't like going down this. That I don't want to spend too long on this, so I want to. I want to put an asterisk I'll by set this. Set a timer. <laughs> Simulation theory. Sure. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it for a lot of reasons. But one of the hilarious things, and this comes back to, to Richard. Is it the, so? The idea is we are a simulation. There's a there's a kid in a garage four thousand years from now who has created a world that we are in, and he is the Uber yeah. overlord of the world. And when he's not masturbating, he's telling you, <laughs> yeah. go into Pete's garage. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Or really, more likely, he's just in a world that he can drop in wherever he wants and right. watch like a voyeur, but you're on autopilot. Right. But the reason I... Want, I hate this for many reasons, but one of them is what Richard says, we become the god we worship. Have you heard him say that? We become the god we worship. So we become technology. Yeah. Who yeah. says that? Elon Musk says that. Yeah. It, it, the, yeah, the tech people say it's a simulation. Yeah. What they're really saying is, I don't have another modality to explain the universe other than technology. That's right. So I'm having to follow technology to the nth degree. Yeah, and that was even in a movie I watched about simulation theory, which is like the theology always matched the technology. Right. So we used to think our brains worked like aqueducts. And then when we had electricity, mm. we thought our brains worked like electricity. Now they work like the internet. And now they work like computers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And it's like, but like, isn't that, that just because that's the height of our, where's the humility? We want all of our science and our mysticism to have the humility of like, this is just the best we can do right now. And isn't it amazing that you look at the Bible and you go, oh, this is, these are biblical times because this is the Tower of Babel. <laughs> wow. this, you know what I mean? Like we are in biblical times. I've, right. I actually was talking about that with a friend the other who? day. Like this is not. Give me a name. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was such a weird question. I just said who for some reason. Who? <laughs> I would refuse to reveal my friends to you. Um, yeah, I mean these are biblical times because everything has the kind of resonant. Did you ever get into Rachel Held Evans? Mm-mm. Do you know who she was? No. Oh my god. Oh wait. She was. She died a couple yes. of years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She was really like held a lot of kind of ex-evangelical doubters yes. and she was a blogger like in a you know 
And she's, um, I'll send you this quote, but she has this quote that I just love so much about the Bible. And she says, if you're looking for ways to, reasons to enslave people, you will find them. If you're looking for ways, uh, reasons to liberate people, you will find them. If you're looking for ways to uphold and respect women, you will find it. If you're looking for ways to subjugate women, you'll find it. If you're looking for ways to wage war, you will find it. If you're looking for ways to wage peace, you will find it. She says, so the question to ask about the Bible is not what does it say, but what am I looking for? Mm. It reveals everything about the person reading it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and um, wow, that's great. Yeah, I, you've probably heard the idea that the the Bible is, when viewed as a whole, is like a human life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. you're you're raised, and you have to have certainty. You have to have the laws, the order, you have to have o- order, in and out, tribe yeah. order. Don't break the commandments, or literally, you'll just get your head cut off. Yeah. All this stuff, and then it ends. In, in spiral dynamics and the inclusive, right? Like the more Jesusy thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just, it's a, I, you I know, just run out of steam. I wrote you know this, the more uh, uh, Jesus. I wrote this article for Wanning, you know, for Richard's magazine, mm. and it was about it was about being a Jesus loving Jew and how that threw that's thrown me into some conflict. I do not feel like a Christian. I'm not. I just I consider him like this great prophet rabbi who happened to be in my tradition, and I'm like, wait, why didn't we pay attention to this guy? Like, I don't know that he. I, it's my opinion. I don't think he was start trying to start another religion. I think he was saying like, hey, I think we're off base here. Well, we should great. probably get back to first principles. And- this is a Reza Aslan quote, but he goes, Jesus didn't try to make religion. He was trying to reform Judaism. Oh, totally. Buddha was trying to reform Hinduism. Right. And Muhammad, I always forget the Islam one, but he was trying to reform. It wasn't Islam. It was another religion. That was happening. Zoroastrianism, maybe. Yeah, is that a joke? No, no, it's okay, a real religion. I don't yeah. know. It sounds like a real religion. Yeah, they were all critiquing totally. And, and Richard takes it even further. He's like, the fact that Jesus and Paul are like the heroes of of Christianity is really ridiculous because these people, he, were, if they were here today, all they would be doing is critiquing what's happened oh yeah and they get crucified again exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's 100%. exactly because that's what i mean we're in biblical Lord, times yes we're in biblical <laughs> times who are the, you can put you know who the pharisees are yeah you know who the you know yeah. what i mean and the like, tower of babel that's really and the tower of babel the, the is the, the internet oh this is a really cool thing uh anytime you're reading either mythology or scripture anytime it says stone it means uh foundational truth right mm-hmm. so Penelope and Ulysses' bed was built on stone. She says, like, what was our bed made of? He said, stone, meaning it's like our marriage is real. Mm. Uh, the Tower of Babel, they say, so the Ten Commandments are made out of stone. The um, I forget what else, but there's all these references to stone. The Tower of Babel, it says, specifically was not made of stone. That it was this kind of... It, you know, it was it was human folly, hum, uh, the you know, pride, arrogance, like, like these Maya, things. like illusion. yeah, yeah, which and is it, what Instagram is. Yeah, and also <laughs> you ever think about this, like like the um, so Thomas Merton talks about like the the small self and big self, right? Yeah. And the I, the small I, is like the iPhone, iPad. Oh I, shit! You We're know what I mean? Getting into real Mark of the Beast uh, territory, I, yeah, but in yeah. a way that I can vibe with. I also thought of memes. The I and me, 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 memes, me, me. Mimi. <laughs> is that crazy? Mimi. I. I, 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 I. I mean, we're not the first to notice that it's, you know, my space, iPhone, mm-hmm. all of these things are, but they all glorify or give weight. They're attempting to give heft to something that doesn't exist. Like the more I play with that, it's pretty easy or easier for me to hang up 
my attachment to the Pete Holmesness, the personality, yeah. and just sort of be with you. And that's a really nice thing. But like, as soon as I get really lost in like, what color iPhone am I? Right. Like, what is my wallpaper? Or what do people think of me? Like and what the is basic, my car? Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. What are what are my pants? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's happening. I'm wearing comfortable, stretchy jeans. That's a message. So I can't escape it. Yeah. But like, taking it super real is a way of separating. Like, if you believe that that's actually making who you are and that's real, then you're separate from me. And that's very, very lonely. Yeah. That's why, like, being famous, I talked to Richard. I kept trying to help get him to talk. And for some reason, I'll tell you the one thing he said. I kept talking about my specialness addiction. Yeah. We're both in show business. We both probably have yeah. some drive to being special, meaning that's how we got our love. Like the Enneagram 4. Yeah, I think I'm a I'm three. three wing four. Me too. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you know it's the rarest type? Is that right? Yeah. Which pleases both your three and your four. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah. Oh, and my dad is a one, which is why I think I respond so much to Richard. Yeah. Because Richard's such a healed one. Yeah. You know, that converted one. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. I, of course. <laughs> of course you get my number. <laughs> the whole trip, Richard was trying to convince me that I'm a seven, and I'm, I, I just don't think I am. You have seven-ish. Like, you have enthusiasm. I told him I was like a seven host the show. I'm being a seven yeah. for you yeah. currently-ish. You know, but but for him, I'm a seven. The seven is the enthusiast. But he kept being like, "Do you like primary colors?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> like, do you like fun? I was like, "No." <laughs> but at the end of the trip, he was still like, "I think you're seven. And I was like, "I don't know. I don't." I was like, "Oh, I'm unenneagramable. I'm with the enneagram math." How special he and must he, be. Ah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, what, what, why did you say that? That was a little tange. Because uh, you t- you said addiction to specialness. Because being in show oh, business, yeah. talking to Richard. He just said, as long as you're laughing at it. And that really felt like good advice. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes think... I have a much healthier relationship to showbiz and ambition when I realize this is kind of a fun game if I'm not attached to the result. Yeah. Like, I still love... I know that I love writing, um, directing, making music, telling stories, sharing, relating, building things in an ensemble as a community. I know I love all that. The shadow stuff is um, my parents didn't see me the way I need. I need millions of people now to verify me and see me and people sign off on me and say I'm great. All that stuff is, but it doesn't mean that my, like it's almost like dharma and karma are collapsed, right? Like I have my sacred duty to tell stories, but I also have all this karma that goes with it, which mm-hmm. is like fame or the people that respond to me in a way I don't. I realized recently I'm in a super codependent relationship with millions of people that I'll never meet. Wow. Like I am trying to control millions of people who maybe know me from a TV show or don't know me from a TV show. Like I'm I'm trying to turn the dials of how those people think of me and it is a losing game <laughs> and exhausting, wow. you know? Yeah, that that was a nightmare for me to listen to. <laughs> Only because I'm like, "Oh, is that is that what's happening?" I think everyone me? who has some sort of visibility is engaged in some sort of negotiation around that. Yeah. You know? And isn't it weird that that's sort of normalized? What you just said isn't that weird. People would just say it's your brand. Like your publicist would be like, is that on point with your brand? Yeah. Like that's why I don't like interviewing. Su- well, I do, but it's not always the same. When you interview someone who's super, 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 super famous. Yeah. Because it is interviewing a can of Coke. Well, yeah, they have their uh, pre-approved lines or and their they stories. And they have 300 they told- people they employ. Yeah. And if they say... 
you know, I took ayahuasca and I actually had sex with an anthill. You'd be like, I have only done one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) How did the ants bite? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, it's, it's a real issue. Yeah. You know, so just to give you a little compassion, you're doing that, but again, you've been encouraged to do that. Yeah. And I don't know how, as someone who is sensitive and fairly thin skinned, which I feel like is also part of my gift. To be like, yeah, things affect me. That's, That's right. That's why I do this. That's right. But also, it's almost like the very talent, let's say, for just screen acting, that makes you a riveting, watchable, and employable screen actor is that thin skinness, that That's that right. that ability to be affected emotionally, to be very highly transparent, sensitive highly yeah, sensitive exactly. people, is the very thing that will make you terrible about being rewarded for that talent, mm-hmm. which is visibility, not being able to feel alone, not being able to feel anonymous, not being able to feel you can just observe people always feeling watched. Mm. Like these things are really um, hurtful to a, a sensitive spirit, mm. you know? I've, I've gotten a lot better with that stuff and I don't, I, I you know, I always joke like the worst thing you can do is overestimate your fame. <laughs> like no one wants you can't do that. Yeah. I don't walk around as if. But once these masks came off, I was like, oh, I was on a big TV show for a long time. I totally what do you mean, forgot. What, what do you mean? Did, were you not wearing a mask for the last? Oh, year hilarious! <laughs> I thought you meant metaphorically. Oh, it was, probably it's both. Uh, but... No, I, this is a funny area because when I when we took our masks off, um, I was like, oh right, I'm a, I'm sort of a famous person. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. that what you're saying? That's also like. Is that a, what you're saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Like it really was like because you weren't, and I still wear my mask sometimes just because I'm not not that I'm that famous. I'm Disneyland famous. I mean, I can go to Disneyland, right? No problem, <laughs> right? No problem, and that's right. how I like it. Maybe I'll hear someone go, "Keep it crispy," from yeah. like a distance, yeah. but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, if if you're in a situation, you put on the mask and it feels nice. I like that. Yeah. Then when the mask came off, you, you go like, "Oh right, you are on a CBS show that." Are you about to be honest? I'm about to be. I want let's 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 be real right now. I really want to talk about your huasca. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to talk about that. Sure. So if you have a heart out, we're not going to talk about what I'd I'd love to pick your brain about yeah, yeah, what it can, was like, yeah, yeah. but not at the cost of real good shit Got it. that Got you it. have. Let's stay on the good shit and we can well, talk CBS yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. We'll add that on if we're at the yeah. end. Yeah. Okay, because I did want to say the in regards to the real shit. Well, what was it? Finish your point. You just said take the masks off. I don't remember. Mm. I think it was more like, oh, I have to re-engage with being seen. And being that guy again. And being like someone that people, you know, not it's not always, but it's like, there's a good chance someone like might want like a photo or say hi or yeah. something. And you're not eyes famous. Like, I feel like Jude Law is like eyes famous. What's that mean? Like his Meaning eyes? Meaning he, he wears a mask. Oh, oh to, like, people hide. see his you're eyes. You're like nose mouth famous. <laughs> I did get recognized so a couple I. times with the, the mask. With the mask? Yeah, 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 a couple really? times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These so. are the people that know you. At, we call that the Wilson level, Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> he only got recognized when he was wearing a mask. <laughs> that guy got recognized so much more during the quarantine. He had a mask that was fence spokes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now I know what you're talking you about. You get it. Now I know. You love it. It's a good riff. Yeah. Um, is this too close to you? No. Okay, good. No. Uh, we're just lounging because it's hot. Are here. you, can I just, have you, do you watch Dave? The show? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Is it great? I think, 
<clears throat> a couple of the episodes are like some of the best things I've seen in years. Really? And some of it is so strange and, and disorienting and un, almost unwatchable. Like that makes you so uncomfortable. But huh. I admire that show and, I, and I'm sticking with it. Why? I got my what girlfriend made you hooked. think of it? Because I'm lounging like that? Because there was a, uh, a, an episode with him and Benny Blanco, you know, that producer who's mm. like, a, he's on the show with him. And it was just like, they were just hanging out, kind of procrastinating from writing music. And they just keep getting like, Nakeder with each other <laughs> and like lying on each other, and I just pictured like by the end of the interview we're gonna be like, oh, like probably in the sauna. That's great. People have suggested yeah. doing a podcast in the sauna. I think it would melt the well, it would melt the equipment for sure. It would get very very hot, but I mean for the equipment, it it wouldn't melt it. But mm, you don't really have good conversations in there. Val and I have gone in there together, and and mostly it just brings attention to the fact that you're in intense yeah. heat. Yeah. It makes it like having someone else there. Yeah. Let me throw this at you. I was just talking to somebody about this. They were saying that if God is is one, they were talking about a bad uh, mushroom trip that they had. Yeah, I think they took something preposterous, like twelve Oof. grams, because they just didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, and it it was like someone was flipping playing cards in front of their face, but on every playing card was a different reality, kind of. Oof. Which I've heard is like kind of a DMT thing. I've heard people tell that story. Where it's just like the Taj Mahal, the Mall of America, your dad's yeah. funeral, like your dad's birthday, like just a Frank Sinatra. For someone like, like me that gets overwhelmed by options, that would not be a good. Trip. No, I, I I agree. Yeah, I'd be like, can we slow this down, please? Yeah, yeah. And and from that, this person sort of got this theory that like that's what oneness would be is just all the potential. And no way to like slow it down. Right. No way to break away from it. So of course one would have to break into two. I'm talking about one awareness. Totally, yeah. To save God from hell. Oh shit. So like yeah, God yeah, yeah, yeah. alone was let's not say it was hell, because I don't know. That's that's sort of extreme language, but wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. Is kind of a an okay way that's to say it. That's the Kabbalistic kind of big bang. Which that uh, the undifferentiated mass of God, God had no way to know itself. That's right. So it had to or explode even into itself. parts. Yes, and then forgot that's what it did. Yes, there was a built-in forgetting. Yes, and they call the, the, the by broken design. vessels. By right, design. the broken vessels. So then the the vessel comes back. Or oh, I'm mixing actually two kind of cosmologies, but like these these vessels. Oh no, that sorry. The Kabbalistic one is God put this light into these vessels, but the light was too strong and the vessels broke. That's the Big Bang. Hmm. So then us coming back together, finding our uh, partners, families, communities, we build the vessel back. So then we can hold that light. We can hold that light. Which is... Again, Richie turned me on to this. The whole thing is corporate. The whole thing is together. Right. Everyone is saved and everyone is sin, but it's not an individual thing. It's like the church, the body is the return of everybody being in relationship together. The other one I was describing, though, is what is the Vedic one that Alan Watts talks about in the book. Have you read the book? But the very notion. Do you know the book? That there would be a book (laughs) that contained the answer that Josh would read. In his fancy Los Angeles house, <laughs> just trying to do it. I've read some of the book. Yeah, but it, but that one is that God forgets that what that's what God did, and so that right now, right now is this is God parts of God remembering that God is God through the Peteness and the Joshness. Yeah, right. Like it's just a conversation of God with itself because that's all that's ever happening. Right. But we have this idea that we are separate, we are discreet because that's what we want. 
Well, that's the game. That, to play. That's the only way we would know ourselves to be anything, right? Is, because is, when it was all one, there was no sensation of knowing or not knowing or remembering. Right. Or not. So, so the the engine of forgetting is what juices the whole thing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's for the pleasure of God. Which, by the way, existential kink is this book I keep mentioning. If you take that to its logical conclusion, you can kind of oversimplify it and say, therefore, we can say God wants to do this. Right. Which means when you, Josh, are humiliated, uh, you should find a way to enjoy the sensation mm. of being humiliated. Right. Because it's what you wanted. Right. Because it's it was better than just being... <laughs> just yeah. being. Yeah. Just buzzing like a refrigerator yeah. or an air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird that you were like, what would it be like to be a guy who's made films, who's writing music, but at the airport, people still go, hey, meet my mother. Yeah. And you go, oh, fuck, I, <laughs> I thought I was past that. And then when you can say yes to that and realize that that's what you wanted. Yeah. Dude, if I'm being honest, if I could let you be me and you can walk around the neighborhood, even, but I, my, my nervous system is still in charge. But you're just kind of the floating yeah, yeah, witness. Yeah. I got it. You would still you would get a kick out of the things that embarrassed me. Uh huh. It would be a hoot. Yeah. Just like watching a show. Right. You'd be like, wow. Well, Pete was sexually aroused by a jar of pencils. <laughs> but the you other I mean? the other thing that makes that enjoyable for me as the little speck in your consciousness observing yes. is the option to leave. Yes. I know that I'm not trapped in peatness forever. I'm just doing this as an experiment. That's right. The, the, I had a That's why death teacher. is a gift. Because you wouldn't want to play a game that goes forever. Right. So there's actually a relief. Right. Every day I'm right. eating a sandwich, but I'm like, but uh, one day. One day I won't be eating I'll sandwiches. I'll drop all this. Yeah. That's a gift. It gives us. You the, just it, broke the whole go. system. Yeah. You don't want to play. You wouldn't put your quarter. This is Duncan Trussell. You wouldn't put your quarter in the machine at the arcade that you had to play the game forever mm. you're like i could do josh radner for 97 years right thank you for that. nice long yeah, i love it nice long it's life. also what richard you says you get into I'm... stem cells in your late 50s <laughs> 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 in so many injections i love uh the another richie thing is um every prayerful person saint guru who gave up everything for god always meets a lover not a dictator I love it. Like underneath it all, it's like that's what keeps me coming back to like the mysterious mm, 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 thing is it feels underneath it all that there's a benevolence to it. That's right. And that that at the end of it, we will be embraced and celebrated. That's right. Like and and I mean, even the people we want to call horrible. Of also, course. Also, that's well, this part is of the it. Ramayana. The bad guy at the end is revealed to just be the good guy in a different mask. Totally. Where and he thanks him for yes. playing the villain so well. That's right. You know? And there's a children's book. Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Fuck. Somebody sent it to me. A weirdo sent it to me. It's fuck. Anyway, it's like something heaven. And, mm -hmm. and it's little souls in heaven. And this little soul's like wants to know God. And, and, and God's like, well, I'll give you a life. And it's like, well, how will I know God? Well, you can forgive and you can love. And he's like, but who will I forgive? And another soul comes and goes, I will go with you and I'll hurt you. Oh, so shit. you can forgive. I'm oh going to cry. That really gives me chills. It gives me, my face feels like a yeah. pin cushion right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And th so the souls are conspiring. So you can forgive someone. I'll go with you and pretend to be 
That's why our, your our enemy. That's why our love relationships mirror our parents. Mm. That's why your children remind you of your parents. Wow. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you, sure. you get back in these energetic dynamics that were so wounding, mm. or maybe not. You know, whatever level it is, so we can we can say like, oh no, I want to have an opportunity to forgive this. That's right. You know, I so. Ramdas, one of the things he said, I was like, "What about this, 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 this?" And he's like, "Well, I'm working off this karma with them, and I'm working off this karma yeah. with them, and 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 that means even me in that visit, I might have been some odd cousin." He's like, "Yeah, I'm working off my cousin karma with you." Yeah, meaning some unresolved something that he hasn't yet forgiven. Yeah, will visit him as another person, even as I'm talking to you. Maybe you knew some chatty. Interrupty, wet <laughs> Lithuanian that you needed to forgive and you didn't know. So the universe goes like, "We'll send you Pete Holmes." Right? Yeah, you'll have lots of chances. Just lie on the couch on top of each other and That's work right. it out. And Dave style, I'm taking these pants off. <laughs> J.K. Don't cancel me. The new joke everybody does. Don't cancel me. Oh, is that right? That's uh, a big thing. That's oh a big God. Thing. Um, let's talk. I feel like the first time you did the pod. We talked for a long time, and then at the end, you told me that you had done ayahuasca. I feel mm. like we talked about that off microphone. Oh, maybe. I think okay. some of it was. Some of it was. Um, maybe. Whenever I would email you or text you, I was like, and you didn't get right back to me. You were like, he's I, on ayahuasca. No, I was like, he's probably buried in the dirt. Like, have you ever oh, seen oh, some of those? Yeah, no, I never did that. Ayahuasca <laughs> things where they bury you and just your I know, nose I know a girl who did of, that, and really? I, it's not, it would not be my jam. I think that's the point. Yeah. No one's like, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. I, w- they, I would not be doing that. You know, right around the time we talked, I was kind of coming out of the closet as a tripper in a way. I wasn't super comfortable. I've talked about it now more at a public level. Great. I mean, you did it six years ago? No, 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 no. I started in 2007. I was really like kind of ahead of the oh. the the thing. Okay. That I have an ego around that. Like I was one of the first. I actually meant like, when you did the podcast. You did the oh, podcast. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I did that 2015, I think. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe so, 14. 7 years ago. It was it was like was how I met your mother ending right around then. It might have been. Or not it had just that you ended. would even give a shit. I do want to say now, we watched How I Met Your Mother in the quarantine. It was one of our quarantine shows. Oh, is that right? I liked it. I thought you were really good. Oh, thanks. I also noticed you lost a lot of weight between the pilot and the... Everybody seemed to like... Was the pilot like six months before the second episode? Yeah, it was. I feel like everybody got tanned. Oh, really? I don't I don't recall being like, I gotta look good for... I just noticed that you did. Oh, okay. For what it's worth. Yeah, sure. It just is what it is. Sure. I was like, look, everybody got a pickup. You know, and it's, they so kind of went, it's so went funny. It's so funny. We can talk about this for three to four minutes if tops, but okay, I'll set there's, the timer there's something about... I, I, I look back on that show and I was really hard on myself while we were shooting it. Like, I thought... Uh, I had a story in my head. Everyone loves the other characters, and they hate me. I like the Seinfeld conundrum. Yeah, yeah. The like, leading, no it was leading man syndrome. Yeah, it was I leading felt that about syndrome. crashing too. I was like, by the way, nobody, did I? Tell, I told you how much I loved the, Pete on Crash. The last season of Crashing, I loved oh, so thanks. much. I, wrote, I think I wrote you. I watched them all, and I loved them. I believe you. I really did. I, I, I was great what was fan wrong of that with show. the first two? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I agree. The third season is the best season. Yeah. and it has a lot to do with Madeline. She was incredible. Yeah. She was incredible. Madeline Weiss. Yeah. And she's working. Great. She was a theater person. And I, I sometimes see her and she's like on things and it makes me so happy. I really, I was so happy that you scooped her. We scooped she, her. Well, here's well, the other thing. You know why she, she, she was so good? I thought she must be some girl who's in lots of things. Like yeah, of Everywhere. Course. Like she no, just she, had such a uh, presence. She really, I got to have her do the podcast. It's so stupid that she hasn't. But like she was a theater person who I think just sort of. 
I don't know. I'd have to ask her. But my story that I wrote was like, oh, she probably needed some money. So she's like, okay, I'll, I'll audition for some TV. Oh, my God. It was such a great announcement of a new actor. I agree. We I should really, have had yeah. an introducing <clears throat> Madeline Wise. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 but, so you had the same thing, this Lee. Um, by the way, something so, so good to read. Mike Schur, who created Parks and Rec and all that, you know, mm-hmm. he wrote a piece when Harold Ramis died. Ramis? Ramis? Mm-hmm. Ramis. Ramis. I think. About how there's no Bill Murray without Harold Ramis. Ramis. Wow. That Bill Murray's don't exist without the, the straight. It was basically like an ode to the straight man. Wow. And I ran into him at a party and I said, I, can't, I felt so seen by your piece. Wow. Like I felt so loved and seen. That's because great. he said, he, you know, he was talking about, he goes, look, you, Adam Scott, John Krasinski in the office, you're not going to get the Emmy Awards. Yeah. They're not, but the shows don't work without you. Wow. So it's like this really, um, this is another thing about uh, One Good Humiliation a day. I felt like I was able to have all this success, but I got humility with it mm. because it didn't yeah. let me run away with myself. Yeah, I never yeah. walked into the room and was like, Ted Mosby's here. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like I was right. like, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed because was, he was the vulnerable guy. He was, yeah. but I'll tell you something else. Your character does remind me of a type of collegiate vulnerability that is embarrassing, and that's what's good about it. Totally. And but I go, oh, that reminds me of my college roommate. That reminds me of co- in college. Yes. The guy that's sort of like always getting his heart broken and yeah. he's sort of earned. And it was, so embar- it was too, em- it was so <laughs> too embarrassing earnest. to play. Yeah. But I also knew that cosmically I was the guy for the role. I never was like, someone could do this better than me. I was like, I, I, look, this is it. Yeah, this yeah. Is, I'm the no, guy for this. You're very good and, and you're very believable. But, but at the time, there I'm were calling people. calling you a dork. <laughs> there were times. <laughs> well, I didn't feel like the guy, even though I knew exactly how to play him yeah sure you know but i i knew there were times when i felt like people hate me because they recognize something that they don't like in themselves or that they're you know what i mean we're back to richard yeah i said to him on this recent trip i go richard i can't stand stupid people and then i go because i I don't want to make him even say it i go but i know it's because i hate the part of me that's stupid and he goes you got it yeah <laughs> and, and the part of me that was like vulnerable and and too open and fell too fast and all those things which well it's you go back up on the roof to wait for the girl you probably don't even remember this episode that's gonna be at the Halloween party oh yeah yeah, like, yeah. there's a Halloween party yeah. I don't I, I don't remember all the details but like your character's like I'm gonna wait on the roof yeah until 4 a.m yeah. and then your friends come and get you it's a romantic yeah oh totally. and it's the part of us remember in war of the worlds where tim robbins is in the basement i never saw okay you should only for this scene there's a scene it's a spoiler skip ahead one minute if you don't want me to ruin the 2007 remake (laughs) of tom cruise war of the world but it's worth watching only for this scene in my opinion uh tom cruise is with his daughter and tim robbins i'm pretty sure it's tim robbins i'll be embarrassed if it's not and tim robbins they're hiding from these terrible terrifying aliens and they're they just will instantly kill you there's no fighting these aliens. It's yeah. not that kind of yeah. movie. It's a it's a hide movie. Yeah, and they're in this safe space. They're in like a basement, and Tim Robbins is slowly losing his mind. They don't know him. He just happens to be there. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna go up, and I'm gonna fight them. He's like getting a shovel. He's like, I'm done hiding, and Tom Cruise knows if this guy goes out and starts fighting these tentacle monsters, not only will Tim Robbins die, his daughter will die. Yeah. So Tim, they don't show it. It's Spielberg sort of at its best. They show Tom Cruise go in the room where Tim Robbins is kind of getting his weapons ready, and he closes the door, and you don't see it, but you know Tom Cruise is murdering Tim Robbins. Yeah. 
it's an incredible scene. Yeah, because he ha- he's not a murderer. He's like a John Hamburger. It's Tom. It's likable Tom Cruise right. has to murder an innocent man, and that is what we all have to do. To I, that we feel we have to do to the part of us that is like I'm going to go wait on the roof for the girl. Right. Well, going to be there. Yeah, and we have also, to be, we feel there was we have something to just like that. I can't believe that I had to do that for millions of people. Yeah, that was the kind of that's the crucifixion. That's right. To, uh, that's pretty grand, but I'm going to say it. That's the no. crucifixion. Is like. I can't believe I am now associated with that part of uh, myself and other people that I f- might right. find unbearable. You're the mirror for my, and I don't mean this, but like the candy-ass romance. Right, romantic, right, right. That's kind of stupid. But, he doesn't get the girl. But, but interestingly, <laughs> one thing that I, I ultimately feel like the writers, their hearts with him. They're, you know, they, they humiliated him. They embarrassed him. They did all these things. But ultimately, they're like, he's the guy we're rooting for. He's going to be victorious. But I noticed that post Me Too, my character's aged quite well because he wasn't a douchebag. That's so funny. You know? Because I was like your character, and I, I hope I still am in this, in this sweetness. I hope I didn't completely, yeah. you know, yeah. I, you just compartmentalize that Tim Robbins vulnerability. But um, there was a part in HBO's Crashers where it was based on the first time I had sex after my divorce. I, I didn't know how to do it, and I said... Like she was naked, and I was naked, or we were in our underwear. Yeah, and I said, "Is this okay? Do you want to have sex?" And she was like, "She made fun of me a little bit." She was like, "It, it all signs point to yes." Yeah, like I'm on my back and I'm naked, and we put that in the show, kind of being like, "Isn't it interesting that because he had so much sex shame, he even though it was so clearly going to happen, he was like, is this okay?'" And that looked even better. Than we intended, meaning right. that's what you're supposed to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, imagine that just like so much changed culturally that like, it's yeah. like, could you please? Yes. Now I hear, should I hear from people who are like, I relate so much. Like, there's a kind of like, he's beloved in a way that I didn't feel like it was when I was on the air. I, I completely get it. You know? And I'm like, oh, time caught up with him. That's right. Like the, the, the you I know? tried for the longest time to do a joke where I was like, culture is just catching up to how, basically, w- the reason I stopped doing it is because it sounded like pro-Christian. But really what I was saying was I was raised so reverent of sex that it was actually really good for me. And that culture is sort of catching up to where the church has already been. Right. Which is like, right. it's a, a big deal. Yeah. It bonds two people. Yeah. You gotta be in love. Have you ever heard that thing? Don't have sex with someone you wouldn't want to be. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, we look to Katie. <laughs> Katie's just. You know, like, I, I do have to right. say, I've spent some time in Nashville, and uh, I, 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 I have a very strong affinity for like evangelicals or people who have like spiritual wounds. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I, I was raised. I went to this you know super religious school, and I feel like I have some kind of fundamentalist wounds in me. And when I talk to people, there's so many of those people that listen to your podcast and listen to Rob Bell and read Richard. And I'm like, you guys are really the three of you. I hear your names constantly. And, oh, I, and really? I, and I get a lot of like, I know them. You know what really? I mean? Like, but, but there, it does feel like you're doing something. You're really, certain people are really hearing your journey. You're growing in public. Yeah. I feel like it's really landing on a lot of people who are, who are in the, either pre-crucifixion in the crucifixion or post, yeah. you know, like going through that, I feel like you're, you're really, um, 
Something you're doing is really getting through. I just wanted oh, to reflect that to that's you. That's really nice. Yeah. I, I tried to reflect that to Richard. I was like, even if you're done writing books, what's exciting is there's so many of us that will write books based on your books. Oh, my God. What he's leaving behind, too, the library of Richard Rohr books, I feel like he's written that for us yeah. to move forward. I agree. I do think that he's he's just updating it all. Yeah. You know? And, that's right. And, uh, yeah. And... and People won't have to grow up in a world where you were looking for that clergy person. I also get yeah. to watch some of the clergy people that I grew up with scramble because, and I don't even mean this in a, a degrading way, but church is sort of an element of show business, oh, well, meaning yeah, there's, there's butts and seats. So when my mom is like, pastor uh, actually thinks Rob Bell is great. I'm like, is it because his church is suddenly filled with 25 year olds right. that won't hear your yeah, being gay is wrong because nothing is added when a man and a man are joined. You mean that's not selling anymore? Right. Fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like That yeah. was the message, by the way. I remember my mom was like, Pastor said, when a woman and a woman are joined, th- there's no balance in the energy. And I was like, Do you, have you ever met a lesbian couple? Like you're telling me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It comes down to pee-pees and vajayjays? <laughs> You really think a PP needs to be with a VJJ? Yeah. Because I've met some hyper-feminine... I'm a pretty feminine PP. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. How long ago did Kinsey write this stuff? I know. And you're still I like, know. yeah, but the balls and the v- vagina, they clack together. Yeah. And that's what makes What's it? Richard happy. always talks about, like, we have to get over the body shame. That's it. It's all body shame. And the word flesh, soma, let's get yeah. Greek, is, yeah. is, he's, is talking about the ego. Yeah. When you read Paul and he says the sins of the flesh, he means of the small self, of the ego, of yeah. the false the false self, yeah. not your ding-dong and your vajay that you rub that one How time. How many people have been killed and terrorized over simple mistranslations of texts? Forget it. It's, it's, it's countless, right? It's Forget like unbelievable. It. Well, that's a Richard thing. He's like, you can't hate people with quoting Jesus, but you can hate people quoting Paul. Very easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Tell yeah. me about the Waskies. Yeah, sure. You never buried yourself in the ground. I did. You were you liked it before it was cool. I remember you telling me, tell me start here with the people who keep the flame burning. Remember you told me about oh, that? Oh well, like the Eagle Condor, is that kind of that Maybe. prophecy? The idea that the shamans that there's people that are rec- yeah. recluding. Well the, I know indigenous cultures and again, I look, I I I really I'm I'm skeptical around the whole culture of ayahuasca tourism and about cultural appropriation and all that stuff. So everything I say is with like a big asterisk. Like I am not a, I don't know what's going on. Sure. I know that I've had, I've done it a lot. I've had a, I've had super strong experiences with it. I will say, I, I asked you if you knew that place on site in outside of Nashville, I did six days of something called the living centered program that was so shifting for me and so powerful. You, you also hand in your phone and your computer for six days. You're not allowed to talk about what you do. Oh, wow. What did you do? Uh, it's, JK. <laughs> well, I found that after six days, I felt more shifted than after any ayahuasca ceremony. So I'm not... And I, you're not doing drugs. No, no. Stone cold sober. Like it was there. It was, you know, you break into these small groups. You do psychodrama. I don't know if you know about that. Like, no. It was so deep. What it was psychodrama? A lot, it, well, it was a lot about codependence and you kind of recreate your family of origin and, and you work with the therapist to kind of like get into the perspective of your mother and your father and your sister. Like it's, it's just like this extraordinary, it just, it just broke down a lot of walls for me. That said, I feel like ayahuasca 
the best use of it for me was not, it didn't solve anything. It didn't, I did it, I've done it over like probably like 150 times. Sorry? Yep. <laughs> but, but I would say like... That didn't shock if, me. It was if, just fun to if, be like, come again. <laughs> if, I, if ayahuasca enlightens you, I would be enlightened. Right. And I assure you I am not. So, but you've been on an ayahuasca and you've been like, I am made of enlightenment. Totally. Yeah. I've been, I've been yeah. in sacred spaces where I understood the sensation of enlightenment. I have left my earthly clothing behind, my baggage, and my, I've felt all that. It's, you know, it's the Ram Dass thing where, where Neem Karoli Baba says about acid, it can, you can, it can take you into the room with Christ, but you're not allowed to stay there. Yeah. That's what it feels like. But what I think it, at its best, what it does, it illuminates the areas that need attention and work. Mm. And then you have to go do the work. Right. Right? Like going to on-site felt like doing the work. Oh, I wow. knew what the work was because of ayahuasca. But at, at some point I was like, I think I'm addicted psychologically to doing this. Do you, if you know anything ayahuasca. about... Yeah. If you know anything about... <clears throat> have you heard of Neptune rising? Have you heard of that in, in uh, astrology? Mm-mm. It's basically the sign of the shaman. I have it in my chart, Neptune rising. You might have it too because... What it is, is it's, um, it's the sign of the shaman. It means that you're attracted to other realities, being in other realities. Mm. It's also a precursor for addiction. So oh. you have to be careful. It's like, it's, again, gift and shadow, right? right? Right. So I felt like I loved being in that space. I yeah. loved being away. I loved the music. I loved the transportation. Richard says that uh, addiction is people who are addicts are looking for a sensation of being alive. Yeah. And those things are so alive. You're oh my God. Alive. So alive. And, and that's, it, and that's it, the it's also it, the, 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 the scary thing is you, the more you, I found the more I drank, the more I get terrified to do ayahuasca. Now the reason is because naivete serves you because you don't know what's on the menu. Once you've tasted more of what's on the menu, you're like, you, you're looking at that brown liquid and you're like, I could be going to heaven or hell tonight. Hmm. Probably both. And I don't know where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to resist going anywhere. I, I hold on to this reality. So it feels like the space shuttle, you know, when it's shaking, shaking, shaking. That's what getting into it feels like. And then at some point you burst through the atmosphere and you feel yeah. peace. Yeah. But it's really, it's really hard and arduous. And I was like, I think w- what happened was I was on How I Met Your Mother. My anonymity was getting eroded. I wasn't happy. I didn't know. It's a know. funny way of saying you were getting famous. My anonymity <laughs> had some barnacles on it. I need to just scrub it. Well, it felt disorienting. And yeah, I, sure. I, I somehow felt a call to go down Brazil. I did six ceremonies down in Brazil. A couple months later, I went um, and did three ceremonies in Colombia. So by the time I got back to third season of How I Met Your Mother, I'd done nine ceremonies. I'd stopped drinking alcohol. Mm. I really, it, it changed a lot for me. And then I fell back into old patterns and got depressed again. But I, I kept doing it. I mean, I was involved in a group where I did the majority of my ceremonies, but I left and it was kind of like I realized there were like cult-ish dynamics going on in were this group. Were they trying to get dough from you? They weren't exactly. It wasn't one of those. It wasn't Nexium-ish. Mm-hmm. It was more... It was more just psych. He wove himself into my psyche in such a way that kind of mm-hmm. demanded a certain amount of loyalty. So I, I, I pulled away from that. I, I took th- like maybe three years off. What did that look like, though? Would it getting out of that look a like? leader that? What does that mean that he wove? Well, he himself? was married to one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and she was a big cheerleader for us all to be. You know, this community of people that I had loved. You know, to really be in. And he would teach, and then he'd give us ayahuasca. So, like, you would kind of be like, everything he's saying is true. <laughs> I believe this man is a prophet. You know, like, all this stuff. Yeah. And I was with him for a couple of years, and, and then there was she 
divorced him and revealed some stuff about him that was rather unsavory. And then half of us left and half my friends stayed. Sex flavored? Mm, there was some of that. It wasn't like Ranieri style. It wasn't mm. like that bad. Mm. Did you watch all those docs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we all had stars for a month. Oh, I did too. I got to, uh, that one was much better. You know, I did I like a play with Allison Mack years ago. Really? Yeah, like a three week workshop. In really? New York. Yeah. What was she Mackie like? She was like real sweet, like yeah. real nice. She really wanted to be loved. Mm. Was my memory mm. of her. We I don't have anything bad to say the about woman, her. You know? We saw the mom. Oh, in, uh, the Oxenberg, Catherine Oxenberg. Is that her name? The one that was on soap operas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw her in Malibu. Wow, we were like, yeah. There she is. <laughs> what do you, what do you like say? If you go to I Malibu, I loved you, you on like, that yeah, thing where you were uh, scared for your daughter. <laughs> Very so believable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really, I really, I, there does seem to be a resurgence in like interest in cults and stuff like that. Oh, for it just sure. It feels like a real moment, you know. I wonder though, I mean, like, you know, one of the theories is that like conspiracy theories are made by the Illuminati to discredit the real ones. It's one of my favorite conspiracy theories. Oh, that's great. Is that like if the conspiracy is true, if this conspiracy is true, let's pick a benign one, fluoride in the water is making you complacent. Yeah. The best thing the Illuminati could do is just flood in more conspiracy theories that are kind of in the same vein and they all get discredited. Yeah. They're all stapled together and shredded Snopes. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so similarly, sometimes I think cults are often the pursuit of living spirit gone sideways. Totally. And then it's like, we love it. I think our egos love it because it's it, the head loves it. Yeah. The heart is sort of like, the heart is really what watches the first couple episodes. And it's like, wow, imagine sharing your life and devoting what yeah. if we really devoted to this like what if we really went in and then the head delights when it goes see keep the keys in the hands of the ego because you don't want this to happen to you, you yeah know what i'm saying i and do not with the sexual I abuse do. ones they're the other ones that are just more i think cults are, are are incredibly insidious because they prey upon people's sincerity sure not their greed Mm-hmm. Their sincerity. The other thing I was to say about when you said like it's a little bit like show business. <laughs> it is. But the the um we I feel like we bust these small cults much mm. in the way that we bust like low level drug offenders, mm-hmm. so that the people on top, the people really selling the drugs, don't get busted. Well, so the cult of the cult that we're all in, correct? The cult of our culture correct. isn't threatened, Co- correct? Yeah, exactly. But if we can point to Nexium and have an a villain, Keith Raniere, it's like, oh, that's right, got him off the streets. But forget about what you said at the beginning of this podcast, which is we are in the. Let's just be fun and use the word cult. We're in the cult of the West, yeah, which says get rich, get famous, be joyful, yeah, the pursuit of. Uh, what, per, is, what, what is it? pursuit of pursuit of happiness? Pursuit of happiness. Yeah, which originally was pursuit of property. Was so it? That's what they swapped out the word property for happiness, which is that's the whole story right there. That is the property whole story. equals happiness. That is the whole story yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. So let's not blow the whistle on the system being lord. Correct. Let's, in fact, we'll include your worship of the broken, naked Jewish teacher in your constant and i'm talking about myself you see something on tv and it reminds you of something you want to buy and you just buy it and it shows up in a box tomorrow yeah like i'm a spiritual person i'm in the i'm in the a, i'm in the a-hole i'm in the a-hole yeah i'm so far up my own a-hole my yeah. amazon hole yeah is is full you know i do i do, i loved going away from the system 
and drinking ayahuasca. Yeah. You know, I love, I still love, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much more into psychedelics that are less arduous these days or much mm. more, you know, like I'm just, I don't know that I need to put myself through the rigors of that you as much. You did it a lot. I did it a lot. And I, and I think I, I, I would still do it and I probably will still do it, but I, I don't know. At some point it stops giving as many gifts, you, yeah. you know, and right. I'm finding gifts in other places. I'm finding gifts in like being in a relationship and having to look at my own, the, like the mirror of relationship is like as yeah. strong as any ayahuasca ceremony I've ever yeah. done, yeah. you know, or having a dog is like a really great teacher. Like there's mellower ways to learn that are no less dramatic or impactful. And maybe the ayahuasca opened you up to that. That's what Shane Moss said to me. He was like, I could see how this is a trip, meaning this base reality is a trip. Oh yeah. Meaning like, why is this so unphenomenal? Right. You know why I mean? do, Why is this I'm unbearable? Yeah. And why is it also unbearable? Why yeah. do we want to escape? But like, it's fucking weird. In fact, I spent the majority of yesterday just being like, this is a bit much. This yeah. This is a bit much. Meaning but, like, I'm in here, you're in there, <laughs> kind of like walking around matter. <laughs> like, yeah. I understand why we all just yeah. want to go to Wendy's and jerk off into a sex yeah. toy. And like, My friend Hal <laughs> says, for for an addict, the only acceptable emotion is euphoria hilarious the only one that that's he, really funny that's really euphoria. funny but that's why i loved what you said it's like that vulnerability that like shaky ground feeling yeah like you couldn't have paid me to do drugs yesterday because i was just like as mckenna would say the water was white <laughs> like it was just churning <laughs> yeah, white yeah, water yeah. it was like you couldn't pay me to take five dried grains <laughs> right <laughs> right I'm, right I, that's how i felt yesterday yeah i mean i i i found i i think you said this last time like we just as easily could not be here. Yeah. The fact of our hereness is astonishing. The hereness is the foundation of everything. Yeah. That's why, like, when it's like, oh, you believe in God? It's like, I believe in this. Yeah. Let's talk about this. But I find some relief <laughs> in these conversations. <laughs> Me too. I find that it's like, I have to have these conversations. Otherwise, it's almost too much. Yeah. To to not to to not like forgive me like college sophomore it out for a little while. Yeah. And be like, is this real? Is this really happening? Are you kidding me? I call them lava lamp conversations. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I have to. I have to have them. The the great thing about ayahuasca is it's the deepest lava lamp conversation you can have yeah. with. I don't know if it's with God. It's certainly there's a feminine spirit in that medicine that communicates with you. It's wise and loving and sometimes very stern. Mm. But um, what was something stern? She said sometimes the lesson itself is stern just the teaching you feel like oh my god this is this is you know the uh, cobra kai dojo night like this is like real intense oh wow like i had i had one uh my last one which was uh last september which i think i just haven't gone back because it was so hard wow sometimes it can be so overwhelming with visions and with um you almost feel like you're in a maze that you can't quite find your way out of, which is your mind or your ego. Mm -hmm. And I remember something came up around my mom. I'd been struggling with something around my mom. And I just said, I want to forgive her and me for whatever this is. And that was where the relief came. It was like, it let me out. Once I started thinking about like mercy, grace, forgiveness, like whatever, that was where the, the, the avenue out of the, the madness l l was. Oh, wow. Which is gr a great lesson in and of itself. Like when you're stuck in the loop of grievance or like the forgiveness, mm. that is where the daylight, that is where the ceiling comes off. That mm -hmm. is where you can see sky. That mm -hmm. is where you get let out of prison, whatever. Mm -hmm. So 
once I did that, I was able to relax into my evening. But I had to, my heart had to open mm. before I was out of that terror, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it actually illuminates. I've had a lot of lessons around grievance and forgiveness because sometimes I'll go into a ceremony just like mad at someone mm. for whatever. And the, the journey is by the end of the night, I've, I literally can see it from their side. I can see all of it from their side. And I'm like, wow, I was so married to that story yeah. of my own sense of victimhood. Yeah. And then I see that they have their own story that is no less you know, brilliantly yeah. woven than mine. Right. And then you kind of And go, the only one they've ever known. Yeah. And yeah. then you're like, we're all in need of like the waters of forgiveness. Just like we're I've actually had that vision of like, burden, yeah. of like the, the mother ayahuasca just pouring the waters of forgiveness over the whole world. That's right. And just being like, we're all, well, this is, this, this is theological thing. We're all sinners. We're all fallen. We're all wounded. We're all hurting each other. And we're, we're all, all killing weeping. what's beautiful. We're killing what's beautiful and we're weeping inside. We're gnashing our teeth. We're, do, you know, and the only thing we need is just this water of forgiveness yeah. over everything. Yeah. That everyone deserves equally. Everyone deserves yeah. it. I, maybe I said this last time uh, an all knowing God is an all forgiving God. Yeah. Which, and I also love hell as a hate is a lack of imagination. I, I love Richard's thing when we say in church, say all powerful God, all powerful God. And he said, it doesn't square with our, well, if he's all powerful, why, why the Holocaust? Yeah. Why the thing? And it's like, what if we said all vulnerable God? Yeah. Like I actually had, to me I actually had this understanding. I heard someone say at a 12 step meeting, they were describing like a real, like abuse. And I had this vision. I was like, that person abused God. That's right. That was abusing God. And this is, Richie, you're carrying that portion of the suffering yeah. of the world. Yeah. And you are suffering with... God is suffering with you, through you, and as you. As you, Meaning, yes. I, so my divorce, my little... It seems so small compared yeah. to things like you're just saying abuse and all these things. But I was like... God, God must have slept in that morning. Right, wasn't protecting me. I was like, God was closer than close. Her heart was broken yeah. by my divorce. Yeah, she was depressed on season one of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. The, the, that the, was the off-planet deity has wounded us. Right. The idea that, that, that Richard says that it's Zeus. We're That's still worshiping right. Zeus. That's right. Instead of you know, I'm pretty convinced that when someone said to Jesus, how do I get to God? And he said, I am the way, the what does he say? I don't know. I am the way and the truth and yeah. life. No one comes I, to the What Father if he just went like me. this? Yeah. And pointed to his heart. Yeah. Meaning your heart, your heart, your heart. Like right. through there, right. this is the portal. Right. But we said his heart, only his heart. Right. His right. heart. Right. So... I, I don't know. I just feel like the story's got to be so much bigger and more majestic and magical and mysterious than good go to heaven, bad go to hell. It's well, such a dumb story well, at the, the end of the day. Story. It's so dumb. But it's how you sell it. Yeah. It's not sellable. But just, if you just sit with it in your purest heart of hearts moment, you go, does that feel true? Like a loving God, does that feel? And it's like, it, no. One of my <laughs> doesn't. I so I was talking to Brian Murarescu who wrote the Immortality Key, which you would love if okay. you haven't read it. Um, and I was like, well, "How do you define agape, divine love?" And we both have daughters, and he was like, "It's the love you have for your daughter." Mm. And I would I could just explode into tears. And when you really own that, that's how the universe 
yeah. loves you. <laughs> yeah, and also going, there's no way I'm more loving than God. There's no way I'm more forgiving than God or the whole thing. I well, am just a part of the thing. That's one of the first... If I'm like, if I can forgive you or this or that, like, how much... Well, Jesus says that. Who? What? What parent would give a child a snake when they ask for bread? Right. And he's like, if you're loving to your child, how much more loving is God? Yeah. He says it. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. And then we turned it into As Richard says, how did we miss that? How did we miss it? (laughs) Huh? It's just not the way. Darn it. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Darn it. My father Francis. I did my impression of him on the last night, and he laughed. He had had a he had had one beer, yeah. And he put his hand up to slap me. It was so funny, in like a real like, almost like I was tickling him. Yeah, he was like, ah! "Did you guys do another podcast? Did you record there?" No, it was completely work free. And you just went to hang with him. I just wanted to catch up. Yeah, and he was like, "Why don't you come visit?" Yeah, and I was like, "We had something on the books. What? We were supposed to do that, and we ended up." Um, zooming because the pandemic happened so i we we had a like a beautiful zoom moment well the reason i texted you was because he was like what is the name of your cbs show and i kept going like um (laughs) it's not that and it's the same with crashing and it's the same with my hbo specials it's the same with everything i've done it i couldn't handle yeah this contemplative hermit yeah going into his little hermitage and firing up faces and sounds. Yeah. So I did, and he said, I said that to him, and he was like, "That's what Josh Radner said to me." <laughs> and you said in text to me, you're like, "I just couldn't." Some strip club scene, you and Jason and uh, Neil Patrick Harris, just like that's what you want. Yeah, that's where you want to point the diamond consciousness <laughs> of Richard Rohr. Yeah, but but the beauty it. of it is like he would hang with it and he would say it was great. Well, he said yeah. if you're in it, I want to see it. I know. He's I know. just I mean, it's appropriate to call him father. He's just giving out that father I know. energy. And he doesn't want to be worshiped, which is so moving to me. Well, that's why making you know? fun of him was so fun. Yeah. And that I'll tell you one of the jokes we, we he took us to I can't remember he'd be uh well, he wouldn't care. But we were, I think we were in Santa Fe. It was New Mexico. We're going all over. Mm-hmm. There's this, he took me to this uh, statue of St. Francis. And he goes, and he's bending over to this like squirrel or some animal. And it really looks like he has an erection, kind of like the priest in The Little Mermaid. Mm. I don't know if you know no, that trope, but it looks like he has an erection. It looks like St. Francis has an erection. And he's like, and I, and I asked the artist about that. And he's like, you're the only one that noticed that. That was... St. Francis is so feminine and uh, so gentle. He kind of wanted to hint at the masculinity. It's not like jutting out. You really kind of have to imagine it. But there is an energy to the crotch area of the statue. Right. And the artist was like, yeah, that was on purpose. And then we're driving past another statue and I go, and Richard goes, and this is general something, something. And I go, decidedly flaccid. (laughs) And he just goes, he laughs so hard. He goes, decidedly flaccid and just delighted in it. It was just, I'm only telling you that to just make you love him even more. Yeah. He also, I, I, you've listened to some of that podcast. They do another name for everything. A little bit. A little. Yeah. I, I just love as someone who loves words and finding the proper place for them or way to communicate a big idea. Mm. He's so, good at words yeah he's great at words just really good at words yeah and uh 
I value that so much, you Me know, too. especially when you're talking about stuff that is so delicate, so prone to misunderstanding, mm-hmm. so many years, so much um, kind of calcification. He's trying to scrape away from these words mm-hmm. to try to reanimate them and get well, to their essence. Like, uh, resurrection is just another word for change. Yeah. Usually positive change. Yeah. But in the short term, it usually just looks like death. Oh, thank you, Richard. Yeah. You just really clear, and up also that resurrection is guaranteed. He says that, like mm-hmm. that's the promise, that's the cosmic promise, right? It's guaranteed. And he points out, we love saying if there's this verse in Paul that he says, if Christ wasn't crucified, if Christ wasn't resurrected, our faith is meaningless. Mm-hmm. But the the line before that, the verse before that is, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's something like. If Christ is uh, resurrected, we're all resurrected. Mm. And if Christ wasn't resurrected, our faith is meaningless. But wait, what? Like it's like everything is resurrected. <laughs> That's right. the pattern right. of the universe. There's a lot of, um, but we love the one that goes like. But if you don't believe yeah. it, you're out. There's a lot of half truths that we quote as full truths. Yeah, it's um, you know, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. The second part of that quote is when the student is really ready, the teacher will disappear. Wow, and I that really helped me get out of that group because I realized that archetypally the teacher comes at a moment when the teacher's needed, and then there's also going to be a moment where you have to you have to kill the teacher. Yeah, you know that's, that's a, my favorite. It's Ramana Maharshi says the the stick that you stoke the fire with that's the teacher or the method. When the fire is going, you put that stick in the fire. Right. So you get rid of the teaching. Right. You get rid of the method. Yeah. Because all you want is the light. Yeah. So don't be the guy well, it's playing, stoking it's, the fire it's, it's with playing the It's playing scales stick. and getting technical or learning a language. And then at some point, you're playing music. At some point, you're speaking the language. That's right. And you're not obsessing over grammar and verb tenses and all that. That's know? really good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I don't know why I feel like I want, it, I want some ayahuasca story because I love them so much. Let me think. Um, the most beautiful image I've ever had. <clears throat> this was a night. I think it was in Colombia. I don't remember, but it was. Oh no, no, no! This was in Malibu. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> was um, I was lying both in the vision and on my mat. I was lying on my stomach, and I had this vision of Archangel Michael. I don't know much about archangels, but I've always felt some sort of kinship with Michael. Mm. And uh, John Travolta. Yeah. Didn't he play? I think so. So you see John Travolta. I see. Well, he was long bearded, but I knew it was Archangel Michael or maybe it was some other kind of, you know, mystical biblical figure. But, but the archangels are in the the Kabbalah. Like they're also Jewish. I don't know why I feel the need to be like, I will. Mom, if you're listening to this, it's still Jewish. (laughs) But she's making soup. Yeah. Good boy. uh, She was like, why was he mad at me that one time? (laughs) Um, But I, uh, he had a Torah scroll. And he unrolled the Torah scroll, and he put it on my back. So the, the, the Hebrew lettering, the words were on my back. And then a, a, a light, like a Xerox light, you know, that goes... Yeah. Emitted from my heart to my back. And it went... And it like pulled... Sucked it all in. Sucked all it in, right? Wow. Then he took all these other mystical books, like Kabbalah, there was Hebrew writing, more Hebrew writing alchemy books, like old alchemical books from the Middle Ages. All these different sacred texts kept putting them on my back and it would it would suck them into my heart. Wow. It was so beautiful. And I like I don't know if I actually was getting some kind of upgrade. Like there's there's now in on my heart there is those words and I even I don't know what they are or what they mean. They're in there and they're affecting me. Right. I don't know. Right. Or or if it was just a vision. 
you know? Right. But where else could they be? Meaning, it's a kind of a far out concept, but even if they're not in Josh, they're in awareness and you are awareness. Right. I understand that we're not off the hook to learn these things or study these things. Right. But like everything is inside of you. Right. It's it's the mantra, Om Mane Padme Hum, is yeah. the universe is a jewel in the center of lotus in, in my, my heart. heart. Yeah. So all of reality is inside of you. Yeah. It might not have been. So where is again? I'm okay. Michael. So, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking of it. I'm falling into off planet deity. God is away from me. Knowledge is away from me, and I need to get or acquire something. It's almost like American. The way I'm thinking of it. Mm-hmm. I, there's an exchange. Archangel Michael gave me something. What you're saying is in the non-dualistic world, all that lives in your heart, and you just saw a vision of it already living there. Yeah, because where else could it where be? Where else could it be? But but then let's get dualistic and be like, but also, yeah, does Josh, would Josh benefit from learning this? <laughs> from things? a little Kabbalah yeah. class? Yeah, yeah, Maybe. Sure, sure. Yeah, a little red string, I don't see one. <laughs> it's not on I just a Fitbit. A string. I see a Fitbit. <laughs> red string, don't count your steps. <laughs> red string, don't count your steps. Uh, okay, let's, do you feel good? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Is there any? Is there anything we didn't cover? Do you... oh, give me a little advice on doing a CBS show because I'm about to. You didn't. I'm doing a CBS show. Yeah, and you know, if I'm lucky, it'll go a long time. Yeah. So you shot the pilot, and the pilot was picked up. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. And we're going to reshoot the pilot. Does it have to do with bowling? It does. Yeah, I, I read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's bowling, and uh, I really enjoyed the pilot. Yeah. Is it multicam? Mm-hmm. It's okay. like your show. Was Julie from CBS your exec? Well, I know she left. On the hook, I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Okay, yeah, I don't know. Um, and that's no offense to Julie. No, she, I, she I, just I, left, so she might not have been. So, so it was picked up. It was picked up for what, like thirteen episodes, mm-hmm. and yes, you're, you're shooting it with a live studio audience. I believe so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you create it? Mm-mm. You didn't. I'm just Josh Radner. Right oh, now. okay. Yeah. Okay. This is the first thing I've done that I'm just showing up, and that's what I love. I, I mean, there were a lot of things I really loved about it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this will be new. Yeah. This is new. So, and then I went, and then it was, uh, this is a Ramdas story. I'm just taking the punchline. I was like, it was just hanging out with people all day. Yeah. If they're telling you where to stand, they're telling you what to say, and it's my job to be silly and light. And if you can stay conscious and loving, you're just hanging out with people all day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm not like, cra- here's my impression of crashing. Cut. Uh, we need you to look at these belts. <laughs> You know, or these locations, right? Or these because you were an executive producer, yeah, writer, everything. Yeah, I mean that that wasn't a a problem, but there was no just hanging out with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I looked at the actors that'd be like riffing. And so you're shooting around. in I'm LA. Like, How lucky are they? You're shooting in LA. Yeah. Okay. So the you can't beat the hours. You have one week off every month, right? You do three weeks on one week. That's off. right. Okay. You can't beat the hours. You have a small child. You get to stay in town. Yeah. And and act. Yeah, like it's unbelievable from a logistical perspective. It's unbelievable. what was your challenge? My challenge was enjoying it. Was meeting your mother? We <laughs> was enjoying it. It you was must really get like tired of those jokes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. um, it was. It was. It was. Here, I, I I actually told someone this that that I I I'm I, I sometimes get very manifesty. I'm like, this is these are my goals. This is what I'm gonna see. This is what I want to do. For Hunters, the show I'm on now on Amazon, this um, the Nazi hunting show, mm-hmm. I said, I want to do a show set in the 70s. I want to have a mustache. I want to play a cop. 
and I'm doing a show set in the 70s. I have a mustache. I'm playing a movie star slash Nazi hunter, which is cooler. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but sometimes I can really like call where the home run. Like uh, you know what I mean? Like where yeah. you, you kind of do Wait, that. You pointed like Babe Ruth. You mean I, a little bit? You so you wrote it down. I don't know that you I wrote it down. Goals? I did tell my my reps. I was like, "This is what I want to play," wow. and then I got this role. It was pretty crazy. So wow. we're shooting the second season of that now. I what I what, for how I met your mother. I said I want to do a half hour show. I wanted to shoot in Los Angeles. I want the people who create it for it to be their first big thing. Hmm. I thought lightning in a bottle doesn't strike that off. It's like I wanted it to be like a big thing for everyone. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. I said I want to be on prime time. I want to be on a major network. All these things. I got all those things, but I was not happy, especially the first two seasons. And I was like, ah, I forgot to say I want to enjoy it. <laughs> You devil. You forgot so the now, feeling. So now I include, oh yeah, I'd can like I, to enjoy it. Can I say something that's interesting? Val and I last night were talking about movie ideas. Yeah. Just for fun. Because she's the best. And you talk about anything with Val. And she was talking about a movie idea she had. And, and I was like, you know, she was also talking about maybe I'll take the screenwriting class that her friend teaches just for, for fun. And I was like, you know, you can go on YouTube. I really believe this. Go on YouTube. There's some incredible... Uh, free screenwriting, like classes, advice. I, yeah. I, I mean, like for real, for real. Yeah. And I just watched one. It was like, if you can't answer these three questions, you don't have a you don't have a screenplay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like okay, I watch this. They're always hard. Yeah. Because they're always kind of like that. They're like, your idea sucks if you don't know this, this, or this. And I was just telling her that I had a movie idea. That I, I Spielberg's thing is you should be able to say the movie in twenty five words or less. Mm-hmm. And I always open my pitches with that. I'm just like, let's just do the whole thing right now, and then I'll explain it. But this yeah. is the movie in twenty five words. And after I watched this YouTube video, I had to say, to uh, in an attempt to be happy, like uh, the drive. What does he want? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. had a movie pitch for your own life, but you didn't have the drive. Right? Why do you want it? Right. I know that was a long way to say. No, no. You it, need to know why. It's a Tony Robbins thing. I want to be rich. Why? Right. Because I want to go or start with why that guy fishing uh, more. Yeah. 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 Start with why. Yeah. There's a book. This this guy. I forget. Start with why. Start with why. Why yeah. do you want to be famous? Yeah. Because I like people uh, talking to me, or whatever it is. My uh, my teacher Mary from Onsite. I mean the the therapist I worked with. She was on this Living Centered podcast, which I'll send you a link because it was so brilliant. But her sister died that she was very close with, and she kept going, why, 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 why. And at one point she heard, this is actually just the opposite of what we were talking about, but she heard this voice that she said, I could only assume it was the voice of God who said, you need to give me why. Give me why. I'll give you all the other ones. I'll tell you what to say, where to go, how to do it, when to do it. But give up why. I'll handle why. I'll handle why. Why is mine. Everyone, wow. everyone, everyone else. You get, you get all the other questions. Wow. I really love that. You know, why just like, is mine? Yeah. Why is mine? Saith the Lord. Yeah. That's really, it's good. powerful, right? It's very powerful. Yeah. Surrender. Why? Yeah. That said, ask to enjoy it. You know? Yeah. You know? So you also, you also know how to be on a set. Like when, when people think about how I made mother, they think about the five actors, but there's 70 people roaming around the whole day. Like yeah. I'm super close with people that I, like I was in Ojai and I ran into Jenny, our props girl. And I was like happier than I've ever been to That's see fun. her, you know? That's fun. Like you, you, you get, you develop really, especially if it goes, you yeah. develop some really deep relationships. You start meeting people's kids. Yeah. You know, mm. it's really sweet. I, that, 
because the second season of Crashing, I was more depressed than I've ever been. I've already been the. I think I've, I'm done being the guy oh, okay. that no one knows is depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's a gift. Yeah, I got that out of my system. Yeah, and now I'm like, if I can k- maintain what I did in the pilot, which was only one week or whatever. Yeah. For the show, that that's my goal. Yeah, is, to, is exactly what you're saying is to enjoy it, and that often comes out in like naming it, like uh-huh. being the guy that's like, "This is a gift." Oh like, my god! Wow. You I, yeah, my mom used to use this metaphor for like parenting. She would, she taught, but she called. She said it's like holding a wet bar of soap, and if you grip it too tight, it falls out, and if you grip, don't grip it enough, it falls out. Uh, so I feel like working on a TV show is a little like that. Like get the right grip on the wet bar. So like yeah. like hold, you don't want it, to. It's not going to save your life. It's not going to inoculate you against despair. That's right. But. It's a great gig. It's well paying. You get to stay in town. You get to watch your daughter grow up. Like that's right. There's so many ups to it. That's right. You know. You didn't even mention it's only half the year. It's six months. Six months. You get one week off a year. I mean, I'm now uh, shooting. Uh, sorry, one week off a month. A month Which is ridiculous. Yeah, I've been shooting for the last six years. I've been shooting single camera. I mean, the hours are brutal. I'm I'm not working a ton right now on hunters, but um, when you do those single cameras, I mean, you must have not oh, been able to breathe. We were. We yeah. would be trying to beat the sunrise yeah, yeah. in the streets of the West Village. Yeah, yeah. And when we did the pilot, I didn't see anybody complaining. Uh, everybody's on their best behavior on a pilot. But yeah. like, if there was a delay yeah. and we needed to like take two hours to relight or whatever, that, that never yeah. happened. But I could see some people being like, ah, typical, like kind of behind their eyes. And yeah. I'm like, really? This is my favorite, Eckhart Tolle. Poor Katie's heard me say it a million times. He goes, you're, you're in line at the supermarket, and it's taking forever, and people start to get upset. I always think, if I wasn't standing here, I'd be standing somewhere else. And I'm like, <laughs> can I put that in my smoothie yeah, every morning? that's good. Because if you weren't sitting here, you'd be sitting somewhere else. Right. Like the whole notion Where are of, you going? Where the whole notion of discontent is like a folly. That's, that's what... When we're on our deathbeds, yeah, and you get that clarity, yeah. What was all the rushing about? Yeah, that was a Tara Brock uh, podcast she did. She goes, somebody had a terminal uh, illness, and and they wanted to spend as much time with their kids, and their mantra through the whole time was, "I've got no time to rush." Mm. Instead of I, I have no time to be slow. I got to rush. Right, I got to enjoy right. it. We got to go to the zoo. We got to go to Disneyland. We got to make these memories. It's like no, you have no time to rush. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You know, my my favorite Eckhart Tolle thing is um, the ego doesn't want to have; it wants to want. Yeah, right. So another thing that starts to that. happen, especially when you're on when you get your CBS show, is you don't get the morphine drip of possibility anymore. That's right. It becomes your life. This is I what understand. I'm doing. This is what one of my co-stars on the show, who I think is brilliant, I won't quote him because it's somewhat disparaging to actors, but he goes, if you want to make an actor miserable, give him give a him job. Give him a job. You've heard it. Of course. If you want to make an those. actor miserable, give him, give a, him job. a job. Because there is that the needle in the arm of, of the actor is, oh, uh, you know, this week it could happen. That's right. It could happen. The phone could ring. Yeah. You hate it, but you also love it. Yeah. I talked to Michaela Watkins, who's on a CBS uh, show. One of my dear friends. I didn't know. She met Fred at my house. Shut up. Yes. Oh, now we that's were just coming staying, together. We, we were you, just with her in Ojai. They mentioned you. Yeah. I, we got to talk about Ojai off, off my yeah. phone. Yeah. 
I love Ojai. And Me too. I, I was just at their new place. I said, this is like a Four Seasons. And they were like, did we go to Hotel? I was like, no. You were, you were at Fred McHale's? Yeah. Oh, it's great, isn't it's it? It's really great. Yeah, it's I great. was like, no, I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. Whenever I'm at the Four Seasons, I'm like, why don't I make my house look like this? I always tell Fred. The answer is because it would like, cost $30 million, but I mean, they yeah, did it. They did, they did, they did it. it with the pool. I always thing. tell Fred, I'm like, you gotta be, you'd be the best billionaire. Like he dresses like a billionaire. Yeah. He wants to be on boards of nonprofits. Like he's he just, the best. He's he's the best. And yeah, uh, yeah, he's great. And uh, Awaski, uh, like you, I brought him in. I don't think he'd mind because Michaela did the podcast. Yeah, no, I brought. I we Awaski. listened to that. Me and Abigail, my girlfriend, we listened to that, and I was like, "Is she going to say that Josh Radner brought her to Hilarious. the Wasp?" <laughs> Where's she? The, didn't uh, her story though about the soup? Uh, that, who's making the soup? soup? Who's making soup? Who's making the soup? most Jewish most response Jewish to an Ayahuasca <laughs> ceremony. I smell. <laughs> Soup. I smell soup. <laughs> it could have been Eastern European, but just saying uh, Jewish made it a little bit better. Uh, well, we're going to talk about Ohio off mic. What were we saying? Uh, we Ego doesn't want to get, make him miser- actor miserable. Give him a job. Give him a job. Yes. Oh, and she was like, look, uh, it's a great gig, but it'll really hurt your feelings when Wes Anderson calls and you're like, I can't do it because I'm shooting the show. And I was right. like, that's interesting. And I'm not poo pooing that, but I'm like, uh, Wes Anderson's not calling. <laughs> I don't, I don't, he might. Well, I have a book for you. He might. I have a book for but you. But I can't live in the he might. I'm reading a book by a guy named Pete Davis. It's called Dedicated, The Case for Commitment in an Age of Infinite Browsing. I love this. So he says... The what afflic- if I can't finish it? The, <laughs> the affliction of our generation or our moment is this infinite browsing, this swiping, this always like refreshing. You know, so we're all addicted to options. And he makes like a really beautiful case for commitment. Across, you know, whether it's on my computer there where I write, there's a poster that says because joy matters. And Mm -hmm. then there's another one that says do the work for its own sake. Yeah. For joy. They both involve joy. But both of those not just mean, would you just commit to this, please? Yeah. Because when nothing will make me come up with a new show idea than having a show. Right. When I'm in the green room at Crashing, I'm like, maybe something with lizards. (laughs) (laughs) Crashing butt with lizards. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dedicated. No, no, no. It's Pete it, Davidson wrote Pete, this book. Pete Davis. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and it's it's really beautiful because he he says like if you're always say moving, you never get to watch a community change. You're just buttering my bread. Man. You know, you never this. get to watch. You know. I mean, he obviously talks about marriage and children, but but um, becoming an artisan, um, committing yourself to a cause, the, these things that are arduous, he calls them long haulers, like people who just commit to something and that we're depriving ourselves of some of the sweeter pleasures of life yeah. for fear of m- missing something better, for fear of being too associated with something that's going to define us in a way we don't want to be defined. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always trying to like stay slippery, right? right? Like no one can, no one can pin me down. No one can. And, um, uh, th- this thing that like something better might come along yeah. is a real demon. That's right. You know, the Wes oh, yeah. Anderson movie. That's the thing. That's the, the voice th- yeah. of the the liar and the thief. That's the satanic voice that goes like, yeah. something better might be over there. Yeah. And it's like, but you're, you're on, I'm on crashing season two. So depressed. Yeah. You're on how I met your mother. Season one, two. So depressed. I have to think some of it was like something you've lost the rush of something new happening. You're just doing something now. Yeah. And guess who's there? When, well, you, when the dust in the lake settles, when the debris settles, you're just left with yourself. Well, that's kind of the thing we were talking about earlier, the, the two acts of American despair. There's the, I'm upset because I don't have the thing, and now I'm more upset because I have the thing and it didn't make me happy. It didn't give me the thing it was promised, mm. right? So the, the being on the show and being depressed is in that second 
part, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where I think that's why I had to get more spiritual tools. That's why I went to South America and started dr- guzzling ayahuasca. Yeah. Because I was like, I need some other tools here to, I need to find some sort. I believe a sustainable piece is possible, mm-hmm. but it's not because like CBS picks up your show for another season. I know that's not giving. Look, if, if fame and money, uh, you know, brought us, uh, delivered us to ha- the doorstep of happiness. Why like, is Alec Baldwin screaming? Why is Alec Baldwin attendant? screaming? Why do people try? Why do yeah. movie stars try to kill themselves? Why are CEOs depressed? Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's right. There's a real. Why, there's I, enough evidence to say so it's a lie. There's so many suicides, and there's so much addiction. That week that Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade both mm-hmm. died by suicide, I thought. Mm-hmm. There's two people with more access and more resources than 99.9% of the population. That's right. And they were in absolute agony. That's right. You know? That's right. And just a, 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 an acknowledgement of men- mental illness for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just saying it's not just the it's not just emptiness. That, but but I'm saying yeah. the success won't inoculate you from mental illness. That's right. You, you know, it That's doesn't... Right. Th- that it's not the cure. Despair seems to be on the menu. Yeah. You know? And that's why... I. Josh, I talk about that. That's why. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I, I, I lost it. Fuck my face. <laughs> I watch clips of Joe Rogan. And I'm like, Joe, shut up. In, in a good way. I'm yeah. like, stop talking. And I'm like, it's because you're saying, Pete, shut up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Joe, Joe talks way less than me. Uh-huh. But you know how you just project it onto other people? Oh, okay. That's not, not what you were going to say. You were just saying in terms I'm of saying I just interrupted you. Oh. So when I watch Joe Rogan on YouTube, and Joe, if you hear this, I'm not shitting on you. I'm saying I'm projecting onto him what I do. Yeah. So if he asks a question, I'll be like, quiet, yeah. quiet. But why I'm is, really just mad at why myself. Joe Rogan, He's great. Why does he get so much heat, do you think? What do you mean heat? From like lefty Twitter people. They hate him so much. Oh, do they? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have my finger on that pulse. Yeah. He just interviews a lot of people I like, and my YouTube algorithm has figured that out. Yeah. So they're always like, "You want to watch Malcolm Gladwell?" And I'm like, "Yeah." But yeah. as soon if 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 any podcast host talks, I'm like, "Shut up, <laughs> yeah. shut up." But I'm really just talking to myself. And yeah. I just did it. I just ruined yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you were going to say. But uh, I don't want to. I don't want to end on this despairing note. No, we're not we're, yeah. going to. Yeah. That's great. Well, we always have a good. Since you've done the podcast, we always end with this uplifting, fun question. But I want us to make sure we don't miss what we were what we were just talking about. It's a good podcast host. We were talking about despair, mental illness. It's not the answer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and this is what I was interrupting you to say is be live in my house as a lamp for two months. All you'll hear is me talking to other people in show business. The very the small minority, not to put down everybody else, but the people that are trying to do it consciously. Yeah. And it is kind of gossipy or shitty, maybe, but we're just going like, what is this person or this person or this person doing? Don't they know that there's nothing in that bucket? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we've already been crucified-ish by yeah. it. I know what's and, good about having your dreams come true, but I know the answer is and not. And yet, I still, there's still a part of me that was like, I just would like to see if an Academy Award will make me happier. Yeah, that's funny. I'll, you know what I mean? I completely concede that. I yeah. was thinking about that last night. Yeah. I Again, I was in a fragile place where I was like the whole fabric of the universe seemed to be falling apart. And I was like, this is why winning an award would be nice. It's just like such a solidification of like, this is real. Yeah. This matters. Well, also, they're also little gold idols. They're little that, gold that idols. That can't be, you can't get over that. My friend, uh, I have a friend. little gold idol. 
they are golden calves. They are golden calves. That's what we want. We want that means something. I'm going to worship that people get up, they kiss them, they hold them, they get photographed with them. But we're worried the vaccine is the sign of the beast. <laughs> yeah. It's closer than that. I sister. know. I know. You're soaking in. I it. have a friend who has seen this therapist who who deals with a lot of like high profile showbiz people, and he said, "I have had Oscar winners, Oscar winners, the next morning." Bald on, on the floor, weeping. Of course. They say their career is over. This is the end. You know, it brought them to a new level of despair. He said, and I really love this, he goes, the thing you got to get more than anything is that there's no winner's circle. That's yeah. an illusion. I still believe there's some room where Scorsese and Leo are drinking champagne. They won't let us in. You know well, what I mean? You know what's funny? So in my exploration of like, what are these the super, super, super famous people doing that seem like maybe they're just losing grip yeah. and you worry about them? People I'll never meet, but I'm yeah. still going like, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was trying to get real honest with it. I was like, what are they doing? And I was like, well, I've been in situations where it's me and Dave Chappelle and Lauren Hill yeah. in a room uh, smoking a joint. Yeah. I think that's what they want. Yeah. Those, and, and I can't speak for Dave. And by the way, in case Lauren Hill is sober or something, or Dave is, I had a joint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm not outing anybody as using yeah. uh, the, the devil's lettuce. But I've been in, in that room, and um, I always leave it so sad. Yeah. Because if you go to the room where Scorsese and Leo are, no one's going to say, look at you yeah. watch other people's kids as if they're your own. Yeah. You love them. Yeah. Or and they love they you. probably won't say they probably won't ask me that many questions about myself. I'll start feeling very lonely. I'm not I don't know them. But you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna say that's true. You know? It's it's I put this in the Simpsons episode I wrote. I believe it's Chinese. It's heaven is hell is the room where everyone has chopsticks like pool oh yeah yeah, yeah. themselves and heaven is where everyone's feeding each other. Exactly. And that's why Richard is heaven. He's just yeah. going Look at you, delighting people. It's true, you know. I, when I'm in, when I'm in those rooms, I want to. I, I fantasize about getting home into sweatpants, you know, eating a popsicle. I and, and what it is, Josh, is you've had real food. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, and I'm not. Look, I'm grateful for that. Was when I did Radio City with Dave. I did a 15 minute set in front yeah. of him and Lauren Hill. Yeah, and I'm grateful. Yeah. And I'm so glad. And that night was really challenging for me. Yeah. It felt sort of a little bit lonely. It's hard to yeah. admit. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that because it's people the Steve are like, Martin thing. you lucky fuck. It is the Steve Martin the, thing. The, the hotel and at the end after, after the arena. We get mad at Steve Martin for having that dream come true and going like, it didn't do it. Yeah. And we're going, don't say that. Because you're taking my morphine drip away. Exactly. But you're you, taking away the hope that one day you'll be at Radio City. I'm talking to the people listening, yeah. smoking a joint. With uh, you know what else I smoked that night? A cigarette. You know when I smoke cigarettes? When I want to die. It's <laughs> yeah. my little suicide. Yeah, yeah, I go like I'm sad, and I bummed a cigarette from a comedian. Yeah. And I only smoke when I'm very, very yeah. sad. And then you think about these moments that are like you laughing so hard with Val, or having a moment with your daughter. You're like, it's kind of you just have to be like, it doesn't get any better than that. Or me being in a hotel with Richard, watching him talk to the hotel manager. Yeah. And just him being like, you're always so diligent. Yeah. You always remember me and you and you know what room I like. That's so kind. Yeah. And he means it. Yeah. And you go, this is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. This is everyone's getting what they need. Yeah. Not the the 
hall of mirrors that if I tell you, Josh, you matter because you were on a hit CBS show, right? And you reflect back to me that I matter because I'm about to be that on will a hit. plunge us into despair. That's right. That is the source of our self esteem. That's right. You know, when I was, when and I was as long at, as you're winning an Oscar, you matter. When I was at that, and then when you're not, because then you have to follow that through. When you're not winning an Oscar, That's you right. do and not guess matter. What? As soon as you win an Oscar, you are probably as far as you'll ever be from winning an Oscar. Again. Again, unless you're Mahershala Ali, who I went to school with. Amazing. Or if you're Meryl <laughs> Streep. Yeah. But chances are, that's it. Yeah. And I, the comedian version of that is you do stand up on Conan, and then the next morning, it's also in the movie Soul. Yeah. He does the set with uh, the jazz woman, and, yeah. and he feels depressed. Yeah. Guess what? It's just, a, it's, just, it's just the window dressing. Yeah. It's not what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. We're all plastic bags in the wind and we're getting lost in what the bags are doing I, and we've lost focus I love on the this wind. notion of real food like uh, when I was at that place on site in Nashville when we didn't have our phones we didn't have distraction the first thing I noticed was I went into my room and I unpacked my bags I, I didn't have music to play I, did, I, I didn't have texts or emails hijacking me and so I was folding my clothes with a whole new level of attention. You know, that mm. holy monk-like, mm-hmm. I'm just folding clothes. Have you seen Into Great Silence? Great movie. No. It's just two hours of that. Oh. Like, I'm going to make a, a robe. The scissors oh, cutting wow. through thick fabric. Wow. It's like an ASMR dream. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should watch it. But, but, but I was folding these clothes with like this great sacred sense of purpose. And then the week was like so magical because I, I, I didn't talk about what I did. I mean... Some people said some people violated that and said they knew who I was, which was actually quite jarring and not fun mm. for people to violate that boundary. But mostly I felt freed from I'm a guy on TV or I'm a this or I'm a that. And it was I was returned to this primal state of beingness mm-hmm. and it was just all real food. And I came back and I was like I was just so goddamn joyful. Like it was unbelievable how heart opened I was, how excited I was to reconnect with my girlfriend, have my see my dog, you know, the the sweetness of the smallness of the 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 real moments was like it, it was just achingly sweet, you know? Mm. And uh it's funny, I thought you were going to say you were depressed cuz I came home from my little week with Richard and don't get me wrong, with Val, with Leela in heaven, but then there'd be these moments where I'm just like looking at billboards or yeah. Whatever. Well, you got like, You get plunged oh, back into the system. I'm and back. You go, oh. I'm buying something again. Yeah, just yeah. chasing it. Yeah, this will arrive. <laughs> this will fix it. Yeah, and I was like, I was just there. Yeah, and it was nothing. It's like the great Zen teachers. There's nothing in your fist. I'll give you what's in my fist. There's nothing in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, we we figured it out. <laughs> Do you still end the same way? Well, I'm going to ask you one last question. Yeah, yeah. Um, as long as you feel good. Because you know what's funny? Doing this podcast is time, our time away from our phones. Oh, you yeah. know, it's not six days or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I That's why it gets better as it goes. Have you noticed that this podcast gets better as the conversation goes longer? For sure. Because you have to like surrender to the fact that i know your phone's right there yeah you it's on airplane you, mode you can't look at it so is mine yeah and i know i have a text from my contractor who's going to take this elliptical away anyway um can you think of a time in your life you laughed really 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 hard maybe the hardest you've ever laughed in your life 
I do. We did. I told a story last time about being in Israel when I was like 16, but I have a new one. Oh, I did ask this last time. Yeah. Okay. I have a new one, which was my girlfriend. Uh, she just moved in. And one night she kind of kind of woke me up and she goes, where am I going to put my baby grand piano? Hilarious. And I, in my sleep, was like, if we have a baby, I don't want to call it grand piano. Oh, my God. <laughs> so now we have this joke oh like, are we going to have a grand piano? <laughs> but I thought for a sleeping person to say, baby grand, my baby grand piano. That's the dream. Is yeah. you want a story of you being hilarious in your While near I'm, I'm unconscious. Near unconscious. If we have a baby, I don't want to name it Grand, Grand Piano. piano. <laughs> so that undid her. You just won an Academy Award. I, I think. Uh, there, you did. I won a weirdie. You won a weirdie. <laughs> I got to start carving weirdies. Here, I'll give you some. This is all this is Charlotte's Web. It's for dogs, though. You have a dog. I do. This is calming, really? chicken flavor, I'll CBD for your dog. Oh, no. This has CBD in it? Yeah, your dog will love it. Really? Oh, my God. Nelson. You got to meet my dog. Nelson? He's my first dog ever. Woof, woof. I, I, like you know, I'm like, allergic-ish, oh. but he's a Labradoodle, so oh. this is hemp-infused. Oh, I'm gonna, he'll delight in this. Yeah, I'm going to give something to my dog. Actually. He I don't really know cares about that. food deeply. <laughs> deep, deep relationship with food. All right. That was great. Grand piano. Do you have a grand piano? She actually had She moved it in. It's, really? It's there. Wow. We found a place for it. Can't believe you're dating Nora Jones. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks, man. We do end the same way. This was awesome. Oh, yeah. I love this. I, I always was just love like, talking. oh, we just got to do this more often. And we, uh, did I, the last time we when we did it at the comics place, I think I gave you a lift home. Were you here? I think I dropped I you off so, here. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I, I always feel like, we drop each other texts every once in a while, but I'd love, uh, let's have an off the record head. Let's do it. Yeah, we don't. I would love to. Yeah. And I'm Great. sorry for not replying to two of your emails. Out of 10. Yeah. 80%. Still yeah. a B minus. No, you're doing all right. Still a B minus. But we're going to do it. I forgive you. Ah, the water. The forgiveness. This was our negotiation. And all-knowing Josh. This was our negotiation. I was like, oh, I want to practice forgiveness. Yeah. You're like, I'll volunteer to go down there and not return and you to know, your emails. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, let's do it. Let's Good do it. You ready? Back. Let's do it. Good callback. Would you say keep it crispy? Sure. Get it. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. So crispy. My ice game make you want to get it.